Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. So the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, the libel defamation trial, came to an end yesterday. Uh, like the Sun puts it this morning, Depp's $15 million libel victory. Uh, Amber Heard says she's uh, heartbroken. It's quite interesting, actually, that the summit of a headline like that, because Johnny Depp some years ago took a libel case against the son who called him a wife beater at the time, and he lost. Well, he didn't lose in America. It was Amber Heard lost, and I suppose they're saying that the, um, the, 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 the level of truth needed to win a trial in America is higher. The bar is higher, I suppose, and Amber Heard didn't reach that bar. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just covered in so many papers today in quite an amount of detail. Heard, who described herself as a victim of domestic abuse in a newspaper article was actually awarded two million herself in a countersuit against Johnny Depp. But Depp walks away uh, after the judge put limits on the amount of payments that the jury said that he should get with about eight and a half uh, million dollars for libel. So she was... She lost her case and, uh, well, she was proved to have uh, technically lied, I suppose. She says, I'm heartbroken. She said, verdicts set back the idea that violence against women, against women is actually taken seriously. And she wept, as she described in graphic detail during the trial, of course, how Depp allegedly assaulted her physically and sexually. Um, they wonder in the papers this morning, like the Mail, whether it was the evidence of Kate Moss uh, that sank and left Amber Heard's trial uh, or indeed her accusations um, and her defence in tatters uh, because Moss gave evidence uh, by a video very close to the end of the trial. And they're also you know, speculating that the timing of witnesses you know, and the impact of witnesses and when they actually appear on the, in, in the case of Moss, it was a by, by video link, I believe. But the jury anyway awarded Johnny Depp, uh, you know, in and around eight to, to 10 million and change. Um, he said that he never hit her and that she was the abuser. Um, um, it's, 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 it's interesting because the Times UK then looks at their net worth. And of course, Amber Heard pales into insignificance when you look at the amount of money that Johnny Depp has earned in his, his career. Uh, they say that he, he earned over 650 million dollars over his career. Now, I don't know that he's got anything like that left because he's got a very, very high uh, cost of living apparently and, and uh, there's no problem in spending uh, vast quantities of money. But he owns a property portfolio that would frighten the life out of you, including a, um, a private island in the Bahamas apparently. And in one area of Los Angeles, in the same street, he owns five mansions in the same street. Now, Heard will have to pay him and she'll also have to pay out a fairly substantial legal bill. Uh, she did walk away with $7 million settlement um, um, when she walked away and their marriage collapsed, but she's going to have to dig deep to find that kind of money. Uh, and some of the papers this morning are saying that, okay, you know, uh, violence against a, a person, whether it's domestic violence, physical uh, or indeed sexual, of course, is completely and utterly unacceptable. To, but to some extent, this turned into a bit of a circus trial. And, and I know that people very much took sides in it and, and people usually do in that regard uh, but Amber Heard is making the point that the actual issue here was lost and I think uh, it, to some extent the papers are also although it's an opinion that I would, would have myself also that it, 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 TV trials become almost like entertainment and people watch it for their entertainment value it's like you know, rubbernecking a car crash and what have you. But there you have it, a lot of the papers dealing with it today. In other news in the papers this morning, well, at Dublin Airport, if you're flying out over the bank holiday weekend, you are being told to arrive two and a half hours before a short haul and three and a half hours before a long haul. 
there will be queues. There also will be 10 security lanes open uh, at the uh, at the terminals uh, along the weekend. And they say they've added about 40 more staff members to the security screening. But at the same time, they cannot guarantee uh, that people, um, you know, uh, won't be queuing for long, long periods of time. Uh, they're talking about using a pen system. Um, you know, you'll be queuing left and queuing right and snaking back and forth and then held in pens. That's why the star this morning uh, used the term pigs might fly because they're, you know, comparing it to pigs in a pen. Meanwhile, in Cork, of course, it goes from strength to strength. And I know that some staff from Cork have been sequestered up to Dublin to help them out with their problems. But they'll handle at Cork Airport over 50,000 passengers over the coming bank holiday weekend. Uh, and the figure is a 90% recovery on pre-pandemic numbers. So that's good news, at least. Mind you, when you talk about things that fly, not necessarily pigs that fly, but, but certainly uh, government jets that fly, the old Learjet that we have is getting very old now, and apparently it's, it's well beyond its best before date, 18 years old now, and they need to get a new one. Uh, mind you, it was used on Tuesday evening to bring the Taoiseach home from Brussels, so we need a new jet, apparently. So they're not quite sure as to whether the government will lease one or buy one. But either way, if they decide to buy it, you wonder where did they find the money for things like that? While at the same time, Leo Varadkar is saying we will have the budget later this year and the priority will be the squeeze middle. The Independent this morning has a photograph of a chap with a sign that says it all. There was, of course, a demonstration, a cost of living demonstration in Dublin yesterday. And I think more people should be making their voices heard with regards to our political representation. And this fellow's sign says the Taunister earns 89 euro per hour the minimum wage which many many people are on is on 10 euro 50 an hour so the tonnage is 89 euro an hour the minimum wage 1050 i don't need to say any more than that but inflation of course is impacting families and the examiner is saying that 63 percent of parents that were surveyed saying that their children go without food they go without clothing or they go without heat and that's the call that has to be made by families as to which do you do replace clothing buy new shoes turn the heat on uh, pay, you know put substantial and decent meals on the table and that's a research from from bernardo's yesterday as we were coming off air of course there was a big uh, scramble to get uh, 11 fishermen off, or, off a fishing vessel way off the west coast now subsequently it went on fire and of course it sank but the 11 people on board were rescued yesterday um it was uh r115 uh, who were called out to the scene as well as the air corps and the le samuel beckett from the naval service uh, of course, thankfully, nobody lost their lives, which can't be said about R116. And, of course, the inquest has now closed and the jury will consider their verdict on that. I'll be talking a bit more about R116 a little later on. It crashed on March 14th, 2007, during a search and rescue mission. Four crew members on board. It struck Black Rock Island. And there was a lot of talk about it at the time. An awfully sad tragedy. A deadly fog coming down just moments before uh, the copter crashed, killing the four Irish Coast Guard aircrew. Uh, there were two um, Air Corps helicopters travelling out to that uh, fishing boat to take the fishermen off. The first one that was out there was R118, and I believe, having read the book yesterday, uh, R116 was the cover chopper that was going out to assist. So there was, there was two of them, and of course, tragedy struck. But the big talk at the time, even back in 2007, and again 2017, and again now, is to, as to whether or not uh, the, uh, copper, the helicopter should have even gone out in the first place, as to whether or not the fisherman was seriously injured enough. Um, they say he lost the top of a finger. So more about that uh, a little later on. Of course, unfortunately and tragically, too, four, four died. Um, but, uh, you know, 
to some consolation, I suppose, to Dara Fitzpatrick's family and to Mark Duffy's families, their bodies were recovered. But sadly, uh, poor old Paul Ormsley and Kieran Smith were never recovered from their sea and their de- from the sea, and their deaths have been recorded as lost at sea. So more about that a little later on. Uh, after you know the whole issue regarding COVID and the workplace, I see the uh, Times UK this morning is quoting uh, Elon Musk. Um, he doesn't hold back actually when he sends out members uh, memos to staff particularly those involved in Tesla and all his other businesses, he says, remote work is no longer acceptable. He has ordered staff at Tesla to return to the office for at least 40 hours a week or leave the company. (laughs) How many hours a week do people working for Musk actually work? And if you want to get that little bit healthier, apparently you should be sprinkling seaweed on your meals. Whether it's dried or crushed seaweed on your meals, or indeed maybe dried seaweed added to salads, I don't know, but it's very good for you. Uh, The only problem I find with seaweed being used as a food is the name seaweed, the weed part of it. Perhaps they could come up with something that little bit better. And and talking about food, there's a fellow went ape, and of course they got picked up on TikTok because he bought a chicken fillet apparently at a spa above in Dublin on Dame Street, and he paid seven euro for it. Now, to be fair, TBF... It was a little bit more than a chicken fillet. The chicken fillet part of it with the with the roll was a fiver. But there was extra fillings went in, apparently. Uh, I think the extra cheese filling put an extra two euro on the chicken fillet. So that was seven. And people are saying, ah, come on, lads. Seven euro for a chicken fillet? Have we gone absolutely mad? What would an average chicken fillet be on Lee side? I wonder? I'd love to know. A chicken fillet, right? Um, and I, I, don't, I don't even know if I should, should, should suggest that it should be a chicken fillet with an added filling. What what would be a chicken fillet? It probably would be the roll, the butter, and the chicken, and just leave it at that. You know, what would the price be? Imagine if you put the cheese in. Like, I love chicken, cheese, and potato salad, but I'd probably be charged a hell of a lot extra for that. So what's the price of a chicken fillet on Lee's side? Text 0868104106. And you know Tinder? Apparently it is now Tinder uh, for cows. It's kind of the equivalent... I suppose you call it bovine tinder. Uh, it allows farmers to find the perfect genetic match so that they can then <laughs> produce perfect offspring. And they can also deliver much tastier milk and much better beef. I mean, and they also apparently um, will be able to match cows that don't um, uh, leave off, let me just say, flatulence as often as cows do. I mean, it's a great idea. It's an app apparently that farmers could sign up to. It's a crazy world all the same, isn't it? The Neil Prenderville Show, Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. So pick up the phone, text 0868104106 and come on the air and let's chat. Let me get straight to the phone lines. Vicky Buckley. Vicky, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. From, from a legal aspect, uh, what do you make of the uh, herd debt case? I'm just raising it wasn't my firm that was, was representing Mr. Depp. Um, I think there's... there's Why do you say that? They had a, they had an, an immense day yesterday, didn't they? Oh, you you I had heard. wished that it was, or you wouldn't have represented him? Oh, I would have wished that it was. Everyone yeah. <laughs> who hasn't lived during the country wouldn't have wished that it was. I know, but it's, it's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, is it is it kind of trial by media a lot of this stuff, or is it you know you see is it does it turn into a circus, or is the real story missed? I guess like I did watch a lot of that from the point of view of say. Um, say the, the liege lawyer on it um, as to how he was kind of presenting himself. He seemed to just maintain uh, like a standard trial process kind of decorum about him, you know what I mean? Because there was millions of people watching yeah. him. I, w- I wasn't amongst them now, so I have to hold my hands up here and admit that. Sorry. 
Yeah, I was a little bit unsociable now while this was going on for yeah. a few weeks watching what was going on. But why did you watch uh, it? Were you watching it from the point of view of entertainment or were you watching it from the point of view of, you know, your legal background as a solicitor? Well, I nearly stood up when the judge came in yesterday. We were all kind of so anxious <laughs> for the, we're, we're awaiting the, the, the verdict. I was looking at it from a lot, a lot of a lot of points of view. Um, I suppose, look, the main claim that was out there was a defamation claim. That that's, that's, you know, the libel trials. Yeah. And libel trials are always going to have a little bit of extra uh, about them anyway, aren't they? Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you said something about me, it's not true, um, as alleged. But I think there was definitely the publicity factor um, it was a jury trial. There was a lot of different lawyers involved, a lot of different skill sets. Every day, every day is a school day in our job, and I think you're always picking up different different skills and habits on it. Mm. Um, but I think the underlying issue, I suppose, what I was looking at, and I've spoken before to yourselves about it, is that these were allegations, albeit in a defamation forum, but about domestic violence, and I think it was quite prevalent um, that there was somebody of such huge public standing had stood up and said that he was a victim of domestic violence. And that's, that's something that I would have been noticing on the increase with regards to people saying I'm, as in men, saying, yeah, you know what, I am. I am actually a victim of domestic yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it was very interesting from that point. Do, was it not? I mean, the point has to be made again, and I made it just going through the newspapers. Johnny Depp lost a, um, a defamation case against the son in the UK who called him a wife beater. Is it that the burden of proof in America is much higher against Heard? Um, I think that the I think look, first of all I think the trial was orchestrated superbly with regards to arrival of of, of uh, witnesses and and the poignancy of what they said and the ability to shut down uh, you know what was being said by their lawyers on cross examination. I think libel trials in the UK historically um, it, that would have been you know a, quite a common thing. We all remember the front of the papers and people were suing everybody for it, but that changed so far as I know. Um, maybe 13, 14 that no, way. I don't know about that. You know, we, we, had, we had the Wag of the Christie trial, which was another <laughs> huge big. There's a pale insignificance behind the, the death trial. Yeah, but um, uh, it, I mean, yeah. it did, it absolutely captured the, the, certainly the UK public imagination. There was massive coverage of it. You know? It did. Um, so, look, libel trials with regards to standards of proof, it's still not a criminal trial. You know what I mean? It's it's the the standard of proof is still, you know, on the balance of probabilities. It's mm. not beyond reasonable doubt. Now, look, I wouldn't dare mention uh, if I had any clue of any knowledge with regards to the state of Virginia libel laws, but um, I think there was a specific reason also why they did bring it to that courthouse um, with regards to to the proofs that were required. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a tactical move as well. Um, so I, he, he admitted yeah. that he was a monster, that he had a monster in him when he drank and took drugs. Mind you, he claimed that she was the real abuser. He had great difficulty explaining texts he sent to his pals where he said mm-hmm. that, uh, I won't even go into the detail of the horrible things yeah, he said. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, when I heard that and read that, I said, oh, he sank on that. Finished. Um, I, I, I would think, actually, I wouldn't dare comment on it. No, okay. Let, well, we have, let's, let's, no, we have a lifestyle that's you know, it seemed to be fueled, and I think quite openly admitted by both parties on a lot of you know narcotics and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. know, and and what you're getting is is Snapchat from or Snapchat snapshots from both sides on you know 
particular parts of text or particular parts of conversations. So, you know, that's all part of the trial process as well, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, putting out what you can for the, the influence on the jury. Uh, yeah, I understand that. I understand what, and the timing of witnesses and, you know, yes. perhaps holding Kate Moss till the end. But having said that... Well, no, they couldn't, they couldn't actually bring Kate Moss in as a witness unless... Amber Heard had made reference to it because it was during the counterclaim part of the process. Oh, you see, I didn't, I didn't watch yeah. it like you did. But could you, could you sum up as to what, um, say, for instance, Johnny Depp's uh, legal team, you know, what, what, was their, what was their plan? Um, from, from where I saw it was that they were, they were putting out, I think, that he was actually this, you know, mega superstar known all over the world. Yes, he did have a drink habit. Yes, he did have, a, you know, what seems to be a very serious drug situation. But he was a victim of domestic violence. And Amber uh, Heard's team? Oh, gosh. I'd be, I'd be slow to say what their point was, to be honest. I guess what they did was they took instruction that, that she wanted to put a counterclaim that, you know, what, what he had said wasn't true about her. Um, I think it was it was quite clear who was who was the, the better skilled. Can can an in, can a jury be influenced? I don't know whether you have any comment on this in America by um, seriously famous movie stars like Johnny Depp that their actual verdict can be influenced by that. See, I I I've, I've often watched. I've, I've I've spent a lot of time looking into this and reading that at Oxford University do a lot of studies on juries. You know, like at, at the end of the day, juries jurors are humans. With emotions and feelings, and you know, like I suppose prejudices, their lack of prejudices, and you know, we're all made up as, as human beings. Can they be be influenced? I, I suppose they can. And in America as well, they have um, they would have jury analysts. They would have teams of jury analysts that would go and when the jury selection process was going on, they would you know look for a specific criteria of person, particular age group, particular yeah, colour. Yeah, yeah, and you can job, dismiss some against others and things like that. Yeah, you can. You can object, and you know without reason. So um, I guess like there's support. Like well, with regards to the jury on that now, I think what the judge handed to the jury to, with regards to the questions that they needed to answer, they were very specific. It was yes and no. Did they did they meet the threshold? Look, the whole it would have been very difficult to be a juror. I think with the whole media influence, it was more. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just on the influence aspect, staying again because I was reading in the papers this morning, and the Independent says throughout the trial, fans overwhelmingly on Depp's side lined up overnight for courtroom seats. Those who could not get in, get in would gather on the streets, cheer Depp, and jeer heard whenever they appeared. The overwhelming support for Johnny Depp, it would appear. Oh, they did the line the streets every day. Um, and I think there was kind of, it seemed to be a first come, first serve to actually get into the actual courtroom itself. Um, and all the socials seem to have, um, now I don't know, because the algorithms would pick it up one day and if I watch one for Johnny Depp, video, the rest of them will pop up. But it seems to be just flooding with support for Johnny Depp. But I, I, do, think, I do think that he as a victim was portrayed... I think I think that's what it was. I think that was what brought him from superstardom, untouchable type of person, down to, you know, an ordinary guy who really it's 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 not all that glam that there was this abuse that was going on behind the scenes. I think maybe that was it, the human touch element of it. Yeah, but Amber Heard says it sets the clock back uh, to a time when women who spoke up and spoke out 
yeah. would be humiliated like she feels she has been humiliated. And you've, you've, you've heard a quote, you've heard what she said. Yeah. She says that this verdict sets back the idea that violence against women will ever be taken seriously. I don't think it does. Dare, dare I comment to the level of stardom of Amber Heard, but I don't, I don't think it does. I think what it's done is it's highlighted that, you know, I suppose, is domestic violence just against women or is it just against men? It's not really. It's against people. Yeah. And I, I think what this trial has done is it's highlighted the need for people um, to be braver to come forward. And I know, talking amongst our industry, that people are getting calls from new men clients saying I was watching a bit of the trial or I was reading about the trial and that's what they're opening their conversation with so it's not it's, I don't, I certainly don't think it's putting it back I, I, I think maybe that Amber Heard might have sensationalised her evidence I'm not saying the truth of her evidence or what may or may not have happened but as to how it was presented um, I, I don't think yeah, well, where'd, she get her in, where'd she get her injuries from? Oh, I look. I I don't know. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> I am not going to count that. Okay, okay, okay. But, but so so the uh, point you're making now is that you you you're giving the impression that more men now, because of say for instance this trial or even even perhaps yeah. before this trial, are now willing to come forward and say, I, I need help. I need I need a lawyer. I need a solicitor. I'm the victim of uh, of, yeah. of of from domestic abuse. From the very abuse. start, from the very start of this trial, the very start, we would have noticed a difference. Mm. That it's it's you know it's somebody who's as you know I suppose cool is the ultimate definition of Johnny Depp, isn't it? And somebody that's that cool can actually stand up and say it. From the very off of this case, there has been a difference, which is wonderful. And it's not it's it's not you know in a particular level of society. It's not a particular group in society. It can be all levels from. Yeah, but what happens now if women say, for instance, who are the victims of very serious domestic abuse, whether here or in America? Yes. I've watched this yeah. trial and say, under no circumstances would I ever, ever, um, you know, uh, go legal, having what happened, seeing what happened to Amber Heard. It's, that's the point she's making. I know that's the point she's making, but I suppose he's, he, he, he had made a claim of domestic violence as well. So I think, I, I, do, I genuinely don't think that that would happen, but I suppose what's important is that we, in our little corner of the world, would keep saying, well, you have to go. You have to go and, and go to the, the domestic support people or you have to go to the lawyer or you have to go to your best friend or the doctor. Or the guards. Or the guards, for that matter. Or, and, or the guards. And the guards have done incredible training over the past number of years with regards to awareness on domestic violence. Final, so, fin- know, yeah, yeah, final I, question for you. Do, do you think that in Ireland, I don't know if it happens in the UK, that trials that would have a lot of public interest should be televised? I don't know, I was listening um, to a bit of commentary about that last night. Um, I suppose, like, it does, if, if it's a one-day trial or a two-day trial, is it going to make a difference? I mean, it, I suppose, as it is, you can walk into any courtroom, except for a family law, and you can watch the trial in any event. So you could go to, you know, the Central Criminal Court. Yeah, Court yeah but that's, you know, that's you. a bit of a, a dose, having to take a train, etc., etc., etc. They have yeah. court TV in America. I mean, uh, we can watch yeah. the, the doll live. We can lock, watch okay. other aspects of the running of our state live. We can watch the, you know, the Oireachtas live. But so why not our courts live? Yeah, I think there. I think there's, there's definitely no 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 talk of it. I think the Supreme Court has uh, has on occasion, with regards to very 
particular judgments or announcement has had television live. But I suppose, you know what, it's a system, and you'd probably agree with me on this one, it's got a tradition of, you know, discretion and respect to, I suppose, the people that are bringing cases and that might be brave enough to bring the cases. Um, Judiciary, you know, practitioners... I think some of us wouldn't wouldn't mind the drama from time to time. Yeah, but it's the people who are in the court themselves. I their lives would I be saying, with, I don't yeah, want I this on television. Respect to to the people that are there, and you know what? It's a small country. Cork is only a village, true. Um, and I think to 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 maintain, I suppose, the tradition of dignity and respect of the court process. That's why I wouldn't think it would be something that would come here. And uh, I know I said finally, but definitely finally, and, and I'll put this question to the public at large now. I believe that Depp, um, you know, lost an awful lot of, of potential movie roles because of this, didn't he? Was was he shunned yeah. in Hollywood for a period of time? Uh, will he, he will was, he get his career yeah. back now? Was nobody touching him for a while? I think Dior were the only brand that actually stuck with him. Dior. Um, yeah, he had done some fragrance um, advertising, I think, with them. Um, I think he stepped away... Um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 6 was the big one I think that they were discussing but I, I, I don't know I'd love to be in the inner sanctum to know it but I do think that um, I do think that he has already been uh, contacted again with regards to new movie roles Oh and so after, after yesterday now he goes back into the fold he's acceptable No again. I think I think it was even before the verdict and I genuinely uh, from what I've been reading uh, believe that it is to do with the fact that he stood up for himself Gotcha. And said, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it was me. I, I, I suffered it. And I think that's the, where people said, oh gosh, we, we do need to kind of second thought on it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Lesson, lesson out there for sure thanks Vicky thanks for taking the call I do appreciate it Vicky Buckley Law on the South Mile text 0868104106 calls on the way get it off your chest call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106 Red FM and as always your thoughts and opinions are welcome text 0868104106 particularly with regards to what we're chatting with for the moment and this is the Depp Heard libel trial which ended yesterday Mick good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, my man. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, look, I wasn't intent to ring any station this morning, but it's just the media reaction to Johnny Depp winning his court case. Um, I feel if it was the other way around, and if it was uh, if Amber Heard won her case, mm-hmm. there'd be more sympathy and more... Would, everyone seems to be down, downplaying the, the court case just because, oh, it's televised and stuff, and... Um, like I was watching Sky News last night, again, RT this morning. And, um, oh, well, this was, even you said it yourself, this could bring down women coming forward, I think. I watched more of the trial, right? I watched it as, who is the victim? I'll be darned. I mean, like, the man and the woman. I'll get to that in a second. Like, but how much of it did you watch? Like, it was on for hours every day. Yeah, about, uh, what was that, for six weeks? I watched about four or five weeks of it. All it of it? a few hours a day, like, and stuff. But, see, there you go again, you're kind of, just because people are interested in these things... No, I'm not! Doesn't mean that... I, I, I'm, I am in no way making any aspersions on whether or not you should watch it or not. I'm just amazed that you set yeah, aside and, that much time, that's all. Um, and, like, uh, when I started watching it, um, look, I have four young children myself, right? I have three daughters, one son. The last year, with the murders in Ireland and stuff, I sat down with my son a couple of times. He's 14 years old. Look, I said, always treat women, women respect. Never hit him. Even if you're ever drinking your life, don't ever hit him. My oldest daughter, she's 16. 
I sat her down, said the same thing to her, that don't let ever a man hit you or anything, do you know? Did you ever tell your daughter never to hit a man? No, never, ne- sorry, never a man to hit her. Yeah, but did you ever tell her no. never to hit a man? Well, yeah. Okay. You know, it's just you gave you. You said different. You said different. You said different things to both children. You see, I'm just wondering. Oh yeah, no, it works both ways. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, like you said there, the, the lady, you had a sister or something. Like where where did the injuries come from? Yeah. What injuries, Neil? <laughs> there was no proof whatsoever. No, it wasn't about the court case, as you know, the family court case. Yeah. But they had to bring up. Abuse and alleged abuse in court, yes. Yes, yes. So, can I ask you, what injuries did she have? Well, I'm relying, I'm relying on you, in fact, because right. I started out the conversation this morning saying I hadn't watched the trial, so I, yeah. I, I put well, my cards well, on the table straight away. But did I not recall seeing photographs entered in evidence? Forgive me. What? Yeah, photographs. Okay. Of, all right. Okay. Of okay. That's, that's all I know. That's all I know. Yeah. I, like, she used to more. He sat around the case before yeah. that. Yeah. She, in the trial, he used to wear these big rings, he, and she even admitted he wears them all the time, right? Yes, yes, okay. To stab someone or hit someone across the face, you're going to need a swollen, um, bruised face, cut probably with the big rings. Okay. None of that. All the photographs she's shown, that came from her own phone, by the way, um, was just a small bit of redness in the face. Okay, okay. That my, my child... My eight-year-old child, she often be messing around with her mother's makeup kit. We do the exact same. Yeah, okay. There was no swelling. Uh, there was one instance, she, I forget what the age. She oh, he hit me so hard, I thought my nose was broken and I was all swollen. The day after, supposedly that happens, she was on a chat show horse in America. James Corbin, he's an English fella. Um, he has a chat show in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was on that chat show. Her face was burnt, her nose wasn't broken, whatever. Like. I know. Oh, I know. Listen, and and I, mother, I, I, I do, like I do mother, recall that aspect. To me of... going, right? What? Never tell a lie. Yeah. Because she said you always get cut out. If you oh, tell wait. the truth, your story at the end will be the same at the start. That's but true. If you tell a lie, you, That's true. you have to tell another lie to cover up that lie. Was there, was there not makeup artists? Was there not, listen, I'm not coming down on either side here. I'm not, because I didn't see it. I wasn't watching in any amount of detail like you were. But did I hear of makeup artists that had to do an awful lot of work on her face, an awful lot of makeup to, to, to hide bruising and stuff like that? No? That's here, sir. There was no photographs or nothing. Okay, no, okay. Well, thank the you for telling The story is there, right? Yeah. yeah. She, like, she taped everything. Like, she recorded him hitting cabinets the whole lot which is you know like it's, it's not abuse to her right there was zero evidence of uh, Johnny Depp hitting Amber Heard but so there was evidence of Amber Heard hitting Johnny Depp and it was played it was audio recordings it was played in court yeah at one instance Johnny was saying to her look you're hitting me like you know like yeah yeah you look back at me that's yeah. what he says. Oh, she said, I didn't box you, Johnny. I just hit you. Yeah. Grow up. Grow up. And never recording him. He's going to say, look, I'm going to tell the world about you, what you're doing. And she says, go tell the world, Johnny. You're a man, Johnny. Go tell the world. No one will believe you, Johnny. Yeah. That isn't was it extraordinary? It's extraordinary, isn't it? Extraordinary. Yeah, if- so there, there was zero evidence of Johnny abusing her. Well, they call each other names and stuff, right? But physical violence or anything like that. But there is 
evidence of physical violence against Johnny Depp. Yeah. So if because of what, everything you watched, um, and you say most of the trial you watched, if you were a juror, you would you would most definitely have uh, come down on the side of Johnny Depp and that he was libelled by this article she wrote, would you? Hundred uh, percent. I I would, yeah. yeah. Because even even the expert witnesses they call forensics and stuff like that. They seem to have lost better experts. Um, the few of the experts, I don't know what you call them, they're all loony tunes. You have to, that's, it's laughable how they ever got to understand me called an expert. It was so ridiculous. Like. I know, I know. No, I just, I just, I just remember the newspapers honing in very much on these texts that Depp was sending some pal of his, you know, the things that he wanted yeah. to do well, to okay, Amber Heard so alive and dead. That, right? There were. What's the word? That was to his friends and after the divorce or something or after whatever, like, you know, I presume the relationship wasn't great. So Yes, yeah. And, and when like, you, you say know, something, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do something. You would be surely mad. So does that be that witch, whatever, that to me and whatever. Do you know, like, you're going to be mad. No. There's some heavy words in it, right? All right. No, he's saying he didn't do them texts, but them texts were to her. They were to his friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. There was zero evidence yeah. of. And what she didn't, like, um, I came to Detroit when I started looking at it. I said, look, these are two actors now. I, I won't believe much. I understand what they say because either or Johnny Depp or Amber Hart could be the very good acting, right? Was her testimony, like, it was so cringe watching to watch. Why? It, she was on the stand, right? The jury be to the right. You can't see the jury, right? Yeah. The, on the television, right? Yeah. So every time she was trying to explain her injuries, she twist, swivel her chair around to the jury and she start crying for 10 15 seconds. No, sorry, pretended to the crying. Pretended? But you can't. You don't know whether she was back. pretending or not. Surely, how do you know if somebody's pretending to cry? Well, first, well, I didn't know until then, but afterwards, someone up. Her, uh, her agents or something said Amber Heard has a problem of producing tears um, in the film like you know, yeah. she couldn't yeah. seem to describe but she can't produce tears there was no tears and like this didn't happen just once or twice this happened 10, 12, 15 times she was playing to the jury like every time she wants to make a point she swivel around to the jury Tend to cry for ten to fifteen seconds, then swivel back, and it stops straight away. Okay, okay. You said, and just to f- just to finish up, you said in in your text, victims are victims regardless of their gender. Because uh, I'm a little confused. If you said if Heard was in Depp's shoes, you can be sure there'd be a different slant put on the verdict. What do you mean by that? Well, like it's all about well. Because okay, it seems to me as if, like by, and large, last, by and large, by and large, it seems she to said about uh, Amber Heard's going to make the most of this. Obviously. But with her statement. But I, I've heard RT and Sky News and saying the same thing, oh, this will bring back women that they won't come forward. So a man could never come forward so, and tell him that he was abused. Yeah, I know I most cases women are the victims. But in some cases men are the victims. I could turn that around and say, this might help bring more men forward. So, so to some extent we should be applauding Johnny Depp for being brave enough to come forward and say I was actually the victim and to prove it in court. Well, exactly. Okay. Would we be saying, wouldn't, wouldn't we be saying the same thing if it was a woman who was the victim? Yeah, but it does seem as it's if... You know, like you, it should not be about man and woman. It should be about 
the victim. The victim, yeah. I don't yeah. give a damn. Yeah. Is a man or woman or a black person or white person or whatever. Okay. A victim is a victim. Okay, okay, okay. Good points. Well made. Thank you for that. And of course, you are talking from having watched the vast majority of the trial. Yes. So therefore, well, you just know. Just to make clear, there was zero evidence Thank you. of Amber Heard. Oh, sorry. There was zero evidence of Johnny Depp abusing, physical abusing or violence against Amber Heard. But okay. there was evidence Amber Heard was hitting and abusing Johnny Depp. Thank you, Mick. Appreciate it. Text 0868104106. John, good morning. Morning, how are you? Good. Uh, did you watch any of it? No, I didn't. And okay. I'll tell you exactly why. For the simple reason, look, I don't believe that uh, the, whole, the roof is going to collapse on top of uh, women's rights just because one case and one man seems to be vindicated. So let's get that out of the way, right? But I cannot understand how people give up X amount of time in their lives to be totally voyeuristic because that's what it is. Watching other people's misery play out in court, watching them tear each other apart, watching lawyers tear, tear them apart, right? And people got some kind of twisted uh, enjoyment over that. It's nothing but misery personified to watch people that would, like, let's, let's be honest, at one stage this couple got together, like any couple knew, right? And they must have cared about each other to actually get together in the first place. And then to see a relationship deteriorate like it did, to come down to the so-called abuse that was being trotted out there and whatever, right? And the misery... But people should be able to see how some Hollywood celebs live and how they behave, and it's, it's far from well, impressive. Well, the, the fact is, look, just as human beings at the end of the day, and it was their marriage, right? And obviously, when you've got two egos involved... Yeah, but then you are, you're dealing with obscene amounts of money. You really are. are. And, and, yeah, and, a life, and a lifestyle like, that nobody could, and in their case, would ever want to aspire to. If that's the well, kind of misery and destruction you leave in your wake. You, you have two egos involved and you're almost competing with each other then as the guys in the acting sphere. One might be up, the other might be down. But the fact is that people sitting down watching and getting some kind of enjoyment out of it. Like, I find appalling. I find it appalling that it was ever even televised in any way reported on. I find it appalling that people sat down and got some kind of twisted enjoyment out of it, right? No, if I was Shani Depp, I would be suing Disney now because, as you say, all his contacts were cancelled. He lost him one of the major roles that he ever had in his whole acting career, which was uh, Captain Jack in the Pearls. Well, they may, re- they may respond to an accusation like that by saying, actually, no, everything was just put on hold pending the trial. Well, that would, that would be obviously their PR twisting like to suit them, right? But just the fact, it's like Valdi and Rudy, right? No, I know that wasn't a marriage. That was just a slagging match between two women, right? Again... Look, if you know, but again, another spread. example of people with uh, with all these kind of ridiculous obsessions and more money than sense in the case of the party. Yeah. You know, like, the, the best way, the best way to describe it, you know, Neil. I mean, you should remember it there. But I'm a few years ahead of your age, wise. But the thing is, before when you go to the, see the films in the, in the cinema, there will be two uh, pictures shown on the night, two films, and be, the rubbish will be shown first. It's called the B movie. And then the main one, the A movie, would be shown then, right? But what has happened now is that the B movie has become the A movie. And I use the same example here. Like, this is trash TV. This is people's chaotic lifestyles. Like, this is misery personified. And how anyone could sit down and get some kind of twisted enjoyment out of us beyond me. Okay, let me just put that point to Mick, who watched most of the trial. Twisted enjoyment, Mick. Hang on a second, let me get my lines right here. Uh, Mick, just respond to that before I let you go. John says that anybody who would watch it, can you hear me all right? Hello, yes. Yeah, he, he calls it twisted enjoyment, sitting down watching it. <laughs> well, horses for courses, like. But if, like, if you don't, 
watch it. You don't realize how much technical stuff that goes in at the end. Examination, cross-examination, where a person gets found out lying. Uh, and by the way... But did you think you were watching Johnny a Depp TV? Wanted, he wanted to get this out in the post. No, but no, he, but is, do he, people... He often said the money didn't... He wasn't concerned oh, about the I, money. It was... The no, the I'm talking about he, John is making the point about people who sit. No, he's making the point about people who sit down and watch it for some sort of like as if you think you're watching some kind of an entertainment show on television as opposed to real life. It's voyeuristic. But half the supporters like he might he might watch some soaps that I don't like, but I don't watch any soaps. I can't stand these channels. I think that's the most depressing soap there is. Yeah. Like, okay, but other people love right. it. I would agree with that, Neil, about soaps and, and Easton. Does but the point you made was that people watch these things and get enjoyment from other people's misery. Yeah, I did, for the simple reason. Now, this is not Easton, there's a t- uh, carnation. This is real life, and you're watching, as I said again, repeating, the misery of people's lives playing or tearing each other apart that once cared about each other and didn't get into some kind of voyeuristic pleasure is beyond me. Yeah, okay. Okay, Neil, when I was on the phone to Wayland, you said you, you were like, and people like me to tell you what happened, Thank right? you, yes, yes. Yes, now, if people like me didn't watch it, we wouldn't tell you what actually happened. Yeah. You would have, this, you, you would have to go along with the mainstream media, or this happened in the case, and, or... Oh, no, um, for me, I'm glad you did, because an opportunity to talk to somebody on the air who watched it, yeah, so but, like, but, you know, um, what reason did you sit down and watch six watch weeks it, of it for? You had to rely on, let's say, the likes of RT, which I... I <laughs> I think well, 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 people the best the best way to sum that up for you, is right. I mean, like if you if you weren't being told about this now by this uh, caller the Sunday or about it or any other caller, right? Would your life be enhanced in any way or whatever or discommoded? Like I mean, if you didn't know about the trial? No, it's and not. It's, it's not that. It's that I would be very slow to go on the air and talk about something that I wasn't one hundred percent across. So it gives me an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into it when I'm talking to somebody who has watched the entire trial. Yeah, Thank you both, I, I, though. I appreciate it. Okay, okay thanks. Okay. Thanks, thanks John. Thanks, 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 Mike. Text 0868104106. Uh, back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 Red FM. Anyway, it would seem that the case between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp is far from over because Amber Heard has already announced that she will appeal the verdict in her libel trial against Johnny Depp after the jury ruled against her. So she's going to appeal that decision. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, just to know the news, I'll go back to calls and texts in a few minutes time of tickets for James Blunt down at the INEC to give away again between now and midday and I've also taken delivery of tickets for Live at the Marquee from Aiken Promotions so one of the big gigs of course tomorrow night will be Riverdance so I'll be giving away some uh, double passes for Riverdance between now and uh, uh, quitting time so make sure you stay listening for that if you're a Riverdance fan I was down at the Simply Red gig last night it was absolutely fantastic Mick Hucknall was in great voice. The band were in great, great, uh, in great shape. And it was a super, super night. Everybody was enjoying themselves. It was terrific. It was over in, in the Temple Inn and people were there beforehand. And then everybody at the gig uh, just got into the mood of it. Uh, There's a particular generation set there, uh, you know, the 80s set who were there uh, enjoying the songs and the music. It was just a great night and it was brilliant to have live gigs back. And Mick Hucknall was 
doing the business. When he did um, Holding Back the Years, everybody went crazy. And then when he did Money's Too Tight to Mention, when Simply Red did Money Too Tight to Mention, that was just fantastic. The crowd really got involved big time. So it was great to have it back. So in the coming weeks, he'll have tickets to give away for various gigs at Live of the Marquee and a little later on this morning some double passes for Riverdance text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 just staying with this for another couple of minutes some texts on the Heard um, Depp trial from yesterday and its result its verdict Clara good morning hiya how are you thanks for holding appreciate the text what did you make of it did you watch it I did. I watched the whole lot of it. Right. Uh, myself and my brothers have been tuned in from day one. Anything I miss, they send on to me. Anything they miss, I send on to them. So that you will be watching it, I guess, at night, right? Live. Um, well, it kind of started, most of the time kind of started about 2 p.m. 2, okay. 3 p.m. here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, been watching it the whole way through. And like I said, anything I've missed, they've sent to me. And we've been following up on YouTube and TikTok and the whole lot. And did you have to put your so entire I, life on hold? I mean, what would you normally have been well, doing no. apart from watching this? <laughs> no, throw it on in the background and listen away. And anything interesting, come on then. You, you tune in then straight away. And you did you watch so, it on a laptop, was it? No, on my TV. <laughs> what will you so do? Even the small two-month-old baby here has been listening to it with the last six weeks. So what will you do now that it's over? Oh, God only knows. Scroll away now and TikTok or listen to you. Uh, okay, no, I was just cu- I'm just curious as to, you know, setting aside that much time. And what did you make of the verdict? I thought it was brilliant. To be honest, I thought he would have got more. Because the whole way through the the trial, I've been listening to people come out, journalists who've been sitting in on the trial, and they said the whole way through the trial, the jury, when she was on the stand, uh, the jury turned their chairs away from her. They they completely put their attention on Camille Vasquez, which is um, Johnny Depp's lawyer. The whole way through the trial. That's interesting. For another question I have before yeah. I go back to that. When you started no, watching the trial, did you start watching yeah. it as a, a neutral uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I heard about the the, the trial in the UK a couple of years ago, um, but I didn't really have an opinion on it. Just I don't even know Amber Heard. You didn't Johnny go into Depp's it as a Johnny six. Depp fan, no? No, no. Okay. Sure, I, I only just started watching the Pirates of the Caribbean now that the trial is on. <laughs> and you say that when Amber Heard was in the witness box, the jury turned away. Surely the, the turned their chairs away. Surely from her. the judge and would say, "Excuse me, would you mind facing the witness?" No. I know, but uh, they're neutral as well, so I suppose they have their own opinion. I even heard, I don't know how true it is, but I even heard online that... Um, well, no, I'm not interested in any kind of online nonsense. I'm just so interested in what you what you saw. Online is the Wild West. You you saw this with yeah. your own eyes. Okay. Uh, okay. What yeah. else did you, what else did you, uh, did you pick up on during the trial? So even in relation to the, what you were talking about a while ago with the pictures of her evidence of being battered and stuff, um, that um, one of the cops that was called that day that um, this incident apparently happened, um, he said that her injuries were consistent with crying. Um, there was no marks on her face. Um, it was just all redness from crying. You say, you say, she, you say she was not abused. She was the abuser. No. She faked her injuries. She was, she used makeup on herself. Uh, yeah, she, she used was a up during the trial. What? 
she slipped up during the trial um, a, a lot of people have come out saying people who work in theatre have said that um, when you're doing theatre makeup and you want bruises you use a bruise kit it even says it on the packaging and she slipped up and she tried to correct herself during the trial um, when she was talking about her bruise kit Oh, she almost kind of admitted that she used a bruise kit. You don't think she just got confused, no? No, no. um, You could kind of see the look in her face. She knew she'd kind of, she'd kind of slipped up. um, Which she had done several times during the trial. Okay. Slipped up, caught herself, even with the Kate Moss. When she, when she brought Kate Moss into it, um, the the face, when, when she said it, she knew she'd slipped up. And her, Johnny Depp's solicitors were delighted that she had slipped up. Okay, yeah. Even in her deposition a couple of years ago, she, she, she claimed that um, when she was filing for divorce that she never contacted media and all this stuff. And then she slipped up a couple of minutes later in her deposition saying that she alerted TMZ. But then during this trial, she tried to say it was all incorrect. What was this talk about some charity uh, or charity money or something? Why was that even relevant to a domestic violence case? So basically, when she got a divorce from Johnny Depp, her settlement was was seven million. So um, she pledged her seven million to the ACLU and another cause over in the States. Um, She pledged all of it. Um, but um, in previous interviews then after the, the case she said she had donated all of it and then when she was pulled up for it during this trial um, she said no she, she pledged it she didn't donate um, she didn't donate all of it the solicitor was even saying um, Camille Vasquez was saying that she didn't donate all of it and she said no no but I pledged it and they were all kind of saying like but it's not the same pledging and no, donating she said is she'd not the give, same she said she'd given the money when she hadn't given the money yeah, exactly. How, how in the name of God that's relevant in this case? I have no idea. I don't know. Is it about? They, is it to? Is it to lead to whether or not she's a truthful person? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, because she said she was never in it for the money. Okay. But okay. yet she made off with the seven million. Okay. So, <laughs> so. You, you you would be of the opinion of the jury uh, that that yeah. she was she was unable that she was unable to prove uh, that he uh, actually yeah. was an abuser. Does that yeah. mean that he's not an abuser? Well, I'd say it was a very um, roller coaster relationship. Yes. Um, I don't think he was perfect, but I don't think um, that he was abusing her like what she said he was. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think you'll get? Do you think you'll get his life back now? His movie roles back? I his sponsorship back? So. I think his name is tainted. Really. His, that's it now for him. I I think so. Yeah, um, I think I've heard. I don't know if that's true either. That he's um, looking to sue Pirates of the Caribbean for letting him go. So I don't know. Um, I hope he does. I hope he does because she's still in line to to do Aquaman two. Why was he not in so the court yesterday for all this? Films? He was in England apparently in a boozer in Newcastle. At a Jeff or something. Becko or something yeah. concert. The Jeff yeah. Beck band. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I hope I hope that she might be prosecuted now that she lied under oath. No, she's appealing the verdict, but we'll have to see what happens there. Apparently, yeah, another roller coaster. Okay, you'll but be no, ready for I'm it. I'm delighted. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, hand alive. <laughs> Thanks. Take, take care, Clara. Uh, never tell lies. I called the somebody on the air said to Neil, uh, "Never tell lies." Well, I called the guards on a woman one night. Long story short, the guards ended up cautioning me and almost arresting me for wasting their time, even though I had to barricade myself into a bedroom to stop her attacking me. 
Uh, I wanted to hit her, but I didn't. I never laid a finger on a woman and I never would. That night I would take to my grave as an absolute masterclass in how people can lie and twist the truth. The guards that night, in my case, were a disgrace. They almost ended up hugging her. Hope you get to read this out. Text 0868104106. Um, just one here and then we'll go for now break. Marie, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? John said that it was voyeuristic and almost like a kind of, uh, you know, twisted to watch a trial on television. Yeah, he did. But, you know, when I listen to him, like, it's very educational, Neil. Did you watch much of it? I listened to a lot of it. Right. A lot of it I'd have on the background now listening to it and stuff, you know. Yeah. But I think it was more educational than that. Because people got to see both sides, you know. There was no victim, really. There was no sheep shaking in the corner. There was rather each other. You know, and one person said this, the other said this, and they should just try to better each other, you know. That's my view on it anyway. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the verdict? Um, I thought it was fair, you know. It was unfair. It was fair. It, was, it shouldn't have went to court. They were as bad as each other. I mean, she was abusive towards him. He was probably abusive towards her, whether it be physical or mental, you know. But sure, he probably had to take it to court because because of what you wrote in the newspaper article. Was it that bad? Uh, Would she claim that she was abused before and during um, her marriage? And uh, he kind of just said, well, I can't sit back and let this be said about me. So he, um, mind you, he did lose a similar uh, libel case in the UK against the Sun newspaper. That's why I think it's just, it was just tick for tat, I think. He lost, so he was like, oh, I'll take you on now. But I think it shouldn't have went to court in the first place. Did you go into it watching it as a Johnny Depp fan? No, no, I was just interested in it. I was really interested in it because I'd heard things about it, you know. And I was just like, he's done all of these things, you know, he's so famous and whatever. And then for him to be portrayed like that. But then you're looking at her. But to be honest with you, I think like, they're just, they were just two of the same people. He was the kind of psychologically... Um, well, he did make admissions, didn't he? That he, he that a monster came out and him when he drank. Just on the final point, um, just putting the actual verdict aside, uh, where uh, it was proof that um, what she said in the article wasn't true, uh, and was you know clearly then a jury would say that she was lying, I suppose. But if you park all of that and just look at men and women, what does this say about people who are victims of domestic violence? Um, is this a victory for men, and is it also then if it's a victory for men? To, to be proven not to be an abuser uh, is it also is it also damaging to women who now might be very slow to bring a case no I think it's a victory for everyone and a loss for everyone I think it's like you can't say this is damaging for women it's not damaging for anyone mm. well Amber Heard believes that it puts back puts back uh, you know uh, women's rights when it comes to violence she believes it Okay, line gone, but I think the question was answered. Thank you for that. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Yeah, a lot of texts on this. Keep them coming. Text 086-8104-106. Just as well, the case wasn't in Ireland where, where, they, where, the, where they have this false narrative that women don't get treated fairly and equally. Any women that make up these false allegations should have to serve the equivalent sentence the man would have got if found guilty. That's an interesting point. I understand what you're saying, but bear in mind, this was not a criminal trial in America. 
America. It was a civil trial. It was a trial of libel or defamation, if you like, not a criminal trial in that regard. Text 0868104106. D says it was a defamation case, not an abuse trial. He won his defamation case. It doesn't mean he didn't abuse her or she abused him, says D in Blarney. Line two, Nolly, good morning. Good morning. Did you watch it? You have an opinion on it? I did, yes. An awful, <laughs> lot, of, an awful lot of people <laughs> seem to have watched a lot of it. Yeah, I kind of first got interested in the UK trial because I was absolutely aghast that he lost that. And um, and I could see why he kind of biased the US trial because he just needed to. He needed to clear his name. And, yeah, um, yeah. and she made could, stuff up. Could he, just he ahead of that, were many of your friends also watching this six-week trial? Uh, some, yeah, I suppose uh, sisters and, and um, um, other people I'd be in contact with that I'd be, you know, uh, yeah. WhatsApping and things. Sounds to me as if a lot of people were. <laughs> and your thoughts on the six weeks? I think that media uh, doesn't portray it at all properly. If you didn't watch the trial, you don't understand, you know, that um, she's portrayed as a victim and she was the predator. Um, from the trial itself, you can even see it. Uh, she, she, in her face, when he is discussing his injuries, and their fights. She's taking pleasure from it. She's actually sitting there smiling, enjoying it. You know, you can see it. And when in the closing arguments, um, Camille, his lawyer, was talking about how this has done irreparable damage to his reputation. She actually smiles. She actually, you, you can actually see it. <laughs> she just, she takes pleasure from it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if she put it another way, in a way, he's kind of lucky she's not so smart because she was saying things like, um, he beat me so bad. Um, I thought he broke my jaw. He punched me in both my eyes. And the next night she's on the James Gordon show. Perfect. Flawless. <laughs> you know? yeah. And they're asking uh, her, they say, well, why are there no bruises? Oh, I use makeup. No swelling, nothing. Arnica. Overnight. You know, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she just so, made stuff up. Yeah. yeah. And so what you would have so seen on the television, uh, clearly the yeah. jury would have seen this also. Absolutely, because she's the most photographed person um, because of who she's with. I mean, um, when this apparently had uh, three days of um, abuse in Australia and um, she described horrific things that he did to her. And the next morning she jumps on a plane and flies out from Australia and she's photographed in the airport and she's perfect again. Mm. Not a bruise, Mm. not a Mm. scratch, nothing. You know, and and, she, and then she says to people, "Oh, I recover very fast." Why'd she do this <laughs> overnight? Then? If okay, so uh, let's let's just go with your narrative of your of what you saw. Yeah. Why why bring why um why why write th- why write that art? No, she was brought to court. I mean, she wrote an article that ended up bringing her into a courtroom. I'm sure she didn't yeah. want to be in the courtroom. Well, why she did- couldn't let it go. She's a bully. I mean, she thought she won. He paid her seven million. He paid off seven million of her debts if she had walked away then. And she signed a non-disclosure to say, okay, I'm never talking about this again. And she was the head of the Me Too movement as a victim. Now, this woman has previously been brought up um, overnight in jail because of uh, hitting her previous wife in an airport in a public area. And the guard who saw this and intervened at the time, um, at the time, um, Amber then said, oh, she was against being gay. The guard herself was gay. <laughs> you know? and so, I mean, she has history of it. And um, and then if she had walked away then, smart money would have been just to say nothing and she would have gotten away with it. Yeah, is there an article somewhere yesterday, last night, saying that this is the start of the end of the Me Too movement? I mean, Not at all, I, no. It's the start of believing someone just because they're female, maybe. But then you shouldn't just believe someone because of their gender. But what if it... What, okay, listen, a verdict is a verdict. I mean, uh, 
I've no opinion about the verdict. That's what they said. Uh, but I'm just wondering, will it do damage now to people who really are? No. Okay. It'll do damage to people who are making stuff up. It'll do damage to people who are abusing the system. Yes. Because she did try to blackmail him, I think. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> and, 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 and you, you say, to it. those who found people watching TV like you um, for six voyeuristic, weeks. Oh, yeah. Voyeuristic, yeah. <laughs> Part of it was I was I was devastated for him because his life was ruined. He was called an abuser. The man is fifty nine. He's what or fifty eight. He has so many years in the spotlight. Every single person who knows him, every single previous relationship, also the gentlest person they ever met. Lovely man, no way. And and overnight everything stopped. He lost his part in the Caribbean. Everyone believed her and said he was an abuser. What else could he do? Yeah, yeah. Imelda May um, just absolutely amazed me. I mean, I thought, you know, I don't mean to sound in any way uh, condescending, but I thought she was incredibly brave about a week ago. She posted exactly what you just said there about Johnny Depp. And I remember thinking, wow, that's a brave thing to say, considering what he's been accused of in court. She said he was the nicest, gentlest, most wonderful person. And and she said all this in the middle of the trial. I said, well, you know, fair play to you, you know. But everybody, all of the people who previously knew him, they all said exactly the same thing. And I mean, Amber Heard just started taping him and filming him about a year into their relationship. And all she got is him packed out on the couch um, asleep with ice cream melting and a couple of other where he's passed out. I mean... For someone who's being abused <laughs> constantly, she and taping him secretly, she got nothing. And you know, why do you hone in on a particular expert car. witness in your text, a doctor speaking? Oh, he was very funny because <laughs> this guy was giving out about the voyeuristic. And I said, if you watch, if you go, if you just look at him, you can find it on YouTube. His name was, I think, Doctor Spiegel. He was a psychologist, and uh, he was testifying as to. I think Johnny being narcissistic, and and um, oh, he was just on the cross examination from uh, Camilla when she had when she was talking back to me it was just the funniest thing I mean you just have to watch it to understand it yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's well worth it it was seriously entertaining to be honest and I was I was very glad for him that he televised it because even if you went on the newspaper you'd still believe that she was a victim well you see that's the ang- well that's as much as I had seen was newspaper coverage yeah. not the trial I mean if you sit down you're watching it almost like a juror um, yeah. were, were you surprised at the verdict? No, because he televised it. <laughs> because you could see it happening. I, I, she has, uh, she's actually quite frightening. Very frightening, this, this personality and, right. and the way that she targets um, people. Okay. And, and um, yeah, I would say there's issues upon issues there, to be honest. All right, okay. Yeah. Do you think, well, she's going to appeal it. What do you make of that? Of course she is. She's talking about the money. <laughs> and who's paying her legal fees and why? That's another good question. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Listen, thanks, Nolik. Yeah. What are you going to do with the rest of your life now after this? Oh. <laughs> Back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll let, you, I'll let you do just that okay. then. Thanks Bye. so much. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone and uh, give us a call. 0818104106. After the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Ah, huge interest in this trial. Not just by text this morning, but the amount of people that seem to have been watching it over the past six weeks. Do people not understand that because he was found not guilty in court doesn't mean he's innocent? That's not how courts work. Um, I think what, what actually happened in court, and I'm open to correction on this, is that... Uh, um, you know, he brought uh, a case against Amber Heard for libel uh, and he was found to have been right that he was libeled by her. Uh, it wasn't a case that he had to go into court and prove that he, he wasn't abuser. Um, I think she had to prove 
that what she said was correct when she wrote that article about him. I suppose it's kind of just a technicality, but it's different to uh, say if somebody was being brought into court in a criminal setting and there was evidence against him or her as being an abuser and it laid out in a court case. It was what she wrote about him that she was unable to prove and so therefore libeled him. Uh, text 0868104106. Now I want to chat to Thomas uh, on a different topic entirely. Thomas, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you keeping? I'm well. Now, I have to tell you that out of respect for the homeowner, I don't want to know the area that we're talking about. You know, okay. I, want, I just don't yeah. want the property identified. And, and, and that will become relevant as we, as we chat through. But it's a house not far from you that's infested with rats. How come? It's, um, I'm living in the area, Neil. Um, it's just, just about 12 months. And an elderly lady, she lives two doors down from me. And... They, I, like, I'd see the lady come and go. She was always pleasant saying hello to her. But she's living in there with 12 months. The house looks a bit shabby. I can't say it. Like, is it dirty or what? There was a bit of rubbish outside the, the, on her, her driveway. Um, but it was cleaned up. But um, what happened, how this came to light was Saturday night. I ordered a takeaway. And the, the delivery guy came. And he goes, here, take, take it quick. He was a foreign guy. He goes, take the rats. And I goes, I said, what are you talking about, rats? And her, in her, her main door, the glass was broken. Yeah. And the, the cardboard was after calling down. And we could see the light was on the hallway. And there was up to 25 to 30 rats all over bags of, black bags of rubbish. And the videos that I'm watching right now, did you send those to me? Yeah, yeah, we sent them there, they're there, and so that, I, what I done then straight away, because I knew the lady was living in the, in the house, I phoned the guards, and I said, I'm, I'm concerned about a lady I, that's, yeah. go on. I'm, I'm looking, just before I get to them, I'm, I'm actually looking at the video now, through the broken plane of glass in the front door, and there are rats everywhere, and I, I, I don't mean to be alarming or disgusting people at this hour of the morning, but the house seems to be also full of Rubbish, black bags, and refuse. Uh, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you could not walk down through the hallway with the with the mountains of rubbish in the house. Well, well what I was told from one of the neighbours, Neil, was that when the lady was obviously she was actually climbing in and out when she was leaving the house, and on, the Friday, on Friday evening, supposedly she fell and hit her head, and the ambulance. I didn't know that. I didn't know that till the next day, and paramedics came. And supposedly that that she I can't confirm it, but the, the supposedly she hit her head and that there was rat rat bites to her face and to her body. Oh, the misfortunate woman! I mean, yeah. There, as you said, there everyone, are, there, the rubbish in the house is waist high. Well, we're not. There's no one. Sla- there's no one in, in that area slagging that lady. No, no, no. Oh, so everyone, she, no, everyone's she concerned about. They're, they're concerned about her health. Everyone is there. They're concerned. But what's after happening? We didn't know. Like I never seen the when that cardboard came down. Neil, where you, you can see the video. And um, we didn't know what was behind. No, we don't know what was behind closed doors. We didn't know none no, of this. We know But now. the rats, the rats are gone into people's houses now. They're gone into people's houses. We we phoned what you call it Monday. I from work Monday. I brought timber home to board up the thing, and the neighbours came out and they said to me, "Look, they said Tommy, they said um, um, we're not going to stop you, but we'd rather you wait till the environmental health come down." And I said, "Yeah, I said we'll give it a few days." They were, everyone were phoned on Monday, and what they're after saying now, it's out of their hands. But do you think the that that misfortunate elderly woman was living in that house with all that rubbish she, and she, rats? I'm living, I'm living there 12 months. I didn't know the extent to be rats, and I'm living there 12 months, and she's been living in there. She's coming and going. I was there 
a couple of times you'd see her walk up to the to the, to the off license and this and that and one one day I turned around to the lady and I said look if you ever need a lift up to the shop or anything I said look just knock on the window and one evening she knocked on my window and I was asked to be known for a couple of points and she asked me to bring her up to the to the, to the local off license but I said oh, look I'm, I've drink taken I can't drive the car yeah and um, yeah and, th- and that was this but That's I see she comes she comes and goes and the people what they're saying is because it's a private dwelling that um, uh, the, the day after that she want help and she refused it, okay. and that's what this is what the system now is saying. Okay, we're after phoning it. We're after phoning local authorities. We're after getting them to environment and health, and that's like that, right? What happened on the on the Saturday, Sunday morning? I have a cat, Neil. Right? I, I rescued a cat, right? The cat's only seven months, and the Sunday morning, one of the neighbours called me, and my door was open, right? And the cat, you see where the, the glass was broken. The cat jumped through the. And the rats started scattering next to the two rats lunged at the cat and the cat jumped out the window. And then I was looking, I goes, how am I going to bring the cat into the house? How am I going to bring the cat into the, into the house? And I had to get bacterial wipes and clean them and, and stuff like that, you know? Um, so, before and, I, and even now, the cat, like I, I rescued this cat, even now rubbing the cat to, to think that he was in there, yes. it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like, know, there's, so, there, like, there's an infestation of, of rats in that misfortunate woman. Yeah, so they just know what's me, happening. Yeah, and, they, but they, they probably spread now. Po- They've spread now, have they? There was a, a neighbour. I'm the second house, and there's a neighbour down the last house, and she woke up the other morning, and there was a rat in her living room. So I was told that. I, was, I wasn't told that by the lady, right? So I don't mention any names, but I was told that by other neighbours, right? And they haven't. They, they have enough. Um, that there was a rat there on the thing and she had to get rent to kill down. And now we say, do you know and what? there's the, another the, the neighbour then has has at least two rats in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you contacted the council, you contacted the Gardaí and you contacted the ISPCA, you contacted yeah, the and the, only, and the, EHA. the only people that are the only help, even though that's not there, they were just giving us advice what to do. Um, they've logged it. They're on the environment help. I asked. I actually asked my neighbour. Could I well, not mention her name? Could I? Could I um, mention it? And she said yes. She said do. And I said, what did they say to you? And the, the environmental health told her it's out of it's out of their hands. But it is an environmental health issue for everybody else living around. But, the place. Not, but, but um, you see where the, the black bags are now, Neil. Right? Me and another guy went the day I was going to board it up. We had to push in the rubbish with the shovel with a shovel. Because at night time, they're ripping the bags and all the papers then, right, are being blown across the road. And then there's all rat droppings or rat piss or whatever, right, um, yeah. on them that's being spread around. So that is, that's, that, that's, uh, like you, I, a few weeks ago there, you had a, a guy, you were saying, that the litter warden came down and his bin was open a quarter of a, a half an inch and they, they find him. She was and in court this, for that, actually, where the bin didn't, the lid of the bin didn't yeah, meet the well, body of the bin, yeah. We, we found, we found the litter wardens, right? They're not doing their job properly. They're doing it to working working class care people that, that they'll get away with getting money out of. They're, they should be down there now. If they, if, do you know something? If they give me the, what I've, I've done, I've worked in a lot of places, Neil. If they give me the proper PPE equipment, right? And I'm talking, you want the respirator going in uh, there. You want, a hazard, you want a haz suit for and, that. You need professional. I go in there because there's no, that, that's like that. So I said I'd give it, they asked me would I give it a few days before I board it up because there was cars stopped me, right? There was cars actually stopped and they said, there was three ladies in the car and they stopped and they were, they said, there's no way someone's living there. I said, yeah, they are living in there. I said, they are living in there. And um, another lady like in the For cast, me, that's... Gonna, a, yeah, go on. Yeah. No, she, she said, I'm going to phone the guy. I said, I phoned him already. 
They were there the next day, but we didn't hear no more. I did. I was. T- I can only what I can say is I was t- all I know is that she was taken away by ambulance on the Friday evening because she was found on the floor outside the house. Okay, and tell me this: is that a private house? That's a private house. Yeah, yeah. so that's not a council issue. So you see, yeah, yeah. But no, but isn't it a council issue when all that, when all the papers and that of that with, with all we'll say that are blown out onto the street and going up onto the street there now is that a litter issue for for the council? Oh well, I mean it's a litter and it's a hazard and it's also a health it's also a health issue with regards to rats and other people. So you see, the rats will move around; they'll just they'll go wherever they want. No, just, they, they, breed, right? they breed like crazy rats. No, no like, we were there yesterday, Neil. They're actually climbing up the curtains, up the stairs, upstairs. There was two rats actually fighting on the window ledge. They were like, there's people stopping that don't that aren't, that aren't from the area. They're stopping their cars and they're, they're taking videos of this. I was actually going to get on to the, to the evening echo and get them to come down and take pictures because there's no one taking any of us serious down there. That's them videos, did, and it's actually after getting worse. It's after getting worse since, uh, since then. There's people actually stopping in their cars. This is, a, and this is county council, isn't it? Yeah, there's people like there's people walking their dogs in the evenings in only land. They're crossing the road because of the rats. They're, the rats are popping. They're, they're actually they're a few feet away from you. They're just they're, some of them are bigger. some of them are bigger than my cat. And the, and the real, not, I, I understand all of that, and it's awful what you described to be living amongst all of that. But the real tragedy is the poor misfortunate woman that's been and living we, in these. We are concerned. We are concerned about that lady yeah, as well because yeah, yeah. because like like the fact that that that, that they're, they're leaving her live. Like I don't know. She, as far as I know, she's in hospital, and I don't know if they release her from the hospital. If they release her from a hospital, are they going to leave her go back there? We don't know. And if she's not going back there. Who's going to do something about the rats? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm wondering, what the, like, I'm wondering what the, what's the best line of approach for, for say, the likes of me to take on this? Is it a, uh, is it a council issue? Is it a... Um, well, Neil, the, uh, like you, I think, do you know if you're the man? If I, do you know, like, yeah, I'm just wondering where, I'm just wondering where to start. And yeah, and, I, and, we, I, and it will I help, but I'm wondering know. where's the best I, place to start here. I'd say, that, I, do you know, I think, I think the HSE, for, for starters, to find out is how, how they for her health, do you know what I mean? And see, like if you were living in that, that it does, like, that's a risk of death and to your health, isn't it? Like, you know, to live in them conditions. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's a public health issue for everyone concerned. Do you know, everyone, there's rats everywhere now and, and, and in the evening. Now, there's a guy at work where I'm working, right? And he, he, he pulls his cars, right? And this is a, but I, he gave me a bottle of stuff for a post, stuff for my car seat. And, um, I put it under my sink. No, I haven't seen any yet. This is only last week, so I'm only thinking about it now. And when I went the other day under my sink, I was getting something out of it, and it was all left to spilling, and there was a hole on the bottom of the bottle, and now I'm thinking, is there rats in behind under my sink as well? I don't know. Somebody, but do you mean the rats are at the bottle? I, well, I, I said, I actually said, joking to him, I said, what did you give me, a bottle of acid? I said, I said, uh, I said that, that, that stuff is after going through the bottle, there was a hole in the, I pulled oh, out the right. thing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was all after spilling it, and there was a small bit at the bottom, and there was a hole, I don't, I don't know, but I'm thinking now, did a rat bite the bottle? I'm, that's what I'm thinking, because how... It is under the sink. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh man, I'd be, I'd be gone. I'd be gone. And no, but there's people. The, the houses. House so who's, the, who's best for pest? Who's best for pest control? Is that a HSE issue? 
I, I, I don't know. The, all I know is the lady, the house that uh, has the two rats in, right? And I'm not mentioning her name, but she um, she had to pay rent to kill herself. Yeah, so that's no good because there's rats in the house, you see, the other woman's house, the misfortunate woman who's in the hospital. Then there's many, many rats in there. And I can't get away from the fact that she's been living in there, waist high in rubbish, with rats. Oh, my God. She's, she's living in there. She's living in there. I, I'm in that location 12 months, Neil, and she's living there. That long, as long as I'm there, I know. Is it, I didn't is even it an see. issue? Is it an issue for the fire brigade? I don't know. So what the fire? The fire brigade aren't animal. They're not animal controlled. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but with the, it's a, like, but the hazard aspect of it. Um, Certainly like, sounds to I, me I, if it's the Department of Health or Department of the Environment or local authority. I'd have to work out where to start with this. To be honest with you, like the fire brigade might have to have this equipment to be able to go into that. Do you know what I mean? They might have. Do you know the helmets, protective gear, because. Anyone that goes in there are going to be like, you're not going to have padded clothing. You're going to be bit. People are going to be bit. If what they did go the guards like, say about it? I've heard nothing, nothing from the guards. Right. What did the ISPCA, why did you call the ISPCA? Because, because I, the reason I called it is because I was getting no satisfaction off the council and the environment and health. And I just phoned them asking for advice because I have an animal and I have a cat, I have a cat and the, my cat was in danger now in that location. And the council said, that, the council actually did say to you, it's not an issue for them because it's privately owned. Um, they didn't, they did um, they snored. What I, the, the neighbours phoned the council and then we were told, give the, we were told to phone, we were all given a number, we were told to phone this number there. And I phoned, when I phoned there last Monday, first thing, five past nine Monday I phoned, and they said they have no record or any knowledge of any phone calls. That's what they told me. Where, where was that so, phone call made to? I have the number there. I no, but what, I, I, who, like what, what organisation was I, it? I asked them, I called Cork County Council, and I put them, I asked to be put through to the to Little Warden. Okay, well, that's, I suppose that's the place we'll start then, is with the Cork County Council. Have they seen those videos? Everyone has seen the videos. They, they, they know, like, there's, there's cars passing every day of the week. There's council vans. I came to, I, to ice yesterday before I decided to board. I'm going to have to board this up after tomorrow because my cat, now I can't even leave the cat out of the house. He's locked in the house, right? And basically, so I'm that afraid... Woman, he, I know, I, I understand that, but that woman can't go back into that house if she's released from the I hospital. don't know. Are they gonna, I don't know. Are they going to... Are they, they going to leave her back? I, do you know what I mean? I don't so know. So there's, there's a chance you'll get in a taxi at the hospital and just go back to that house? She can't have that. That's that's that, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. So, the, oh, but what what the reason why I'm on about boarding up the house leaders? I was waiting from the neighbours. Did they get any updates before we done it? You know, taking and I said, look, we we'll give it to Friday. If not, I said, are you happy with me going ahead in and boarding it up because they wanted the council and the environmental health to witness what we're living in, and the, and I and no one has come down. No one has come down and seen it. I think the, the paramedics might have seen it. The guards might have seen it. No one else. We haven't heard from no council okay. or no leader. No, well, we, well, we have, and, and Seamus is on it right now as I speak, and he's in touch, he's chatting with, I think it's the local councillor, Susan McCarthy, and she's picking up the story now, and she's going to run with this case, and she's going to sort, claims that she has the power and the wherewithal to sort it out one way or the other. So that's that's the conversation they're having right now as we speak. Oh, right, so, oh, yeah, so... That's, this, that's that's yeah. bit of a well, you know she's, I mean? she's the local council. She's the local county councillor down there, so it's one of the best places to start. We're sending her those videos that you sent me right now, okay? 
Yeah, they, they got on. They, I'm not. I, I'm from that. Lo- I'm not from that local area originally, but I'm living there over the year. And they, the neighbours that are from there, got onto local councillors okay, already. Where? Yeah, where we are now, and hopefully that will make a big okay. difference. So we're sending her the videos that you sent me. It's appalling. But again, uh, my, I understand what you're going through down there. But I'm very concerned for the woman that lives in that house. Really, oh, every, every, you know, I know you are. You've said it numerous times. Okay, let's see what happens in the coming hours. All right, listen, stay in touch, Thomas, and we'll be back to you if there's me, an update. Me, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Neil. Thank Not you. at all. Bye. Well done for calling. It'll make all the difference. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Right. Red FM. Thank you, Thomas, for bringing this to our attention on a lot of different levels. Um, local councillor Susan McCarthy, the local Fine Gael councillor in that area. Again, Susan, good morning. Hang on a second. Let me just get this right. Susan, can you hear me? No, I don't have line one, guys. So sorry about that. When I get the phone line, I'll come back to it. But uh, I just want to remember, just to remind people again, I'm not interested in identifying the area uh, where this house is or indeed the location or the estate for privacy reasons for the misfortunate woman who's been taken to hospital. Do you hear that, Susan? I'm just saying I'm not interested in the area where it's happening at the moment, you know? I did, Neil, yeah. Good morning, yeah. Good morning, yeah. It's very um, important yeah. for the privacy of the misfortunate woman who's Absolutely, in the hands. Absolutely, because look at, I mean, obviously there are issues that there are, with, yeah, with her, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, living, I mean, she's been not... living now in waist high. Oh my God, I won't even go into detail. So we've sent you some videos there. What's the best way to, to approach this on everyone's behalf? Look, the best way, I've been onto the environmental unit in Cork County Council, I'm just waiting for them to get back to me, but I've also been onto the HSC environmental unit as well this morning. Um, so I have given them the address. Obviously, we won't discuss that on air. Thank you. But um, hopefully that that will be resolved. They're supposed to get back to me as well. So okay. um, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it will be resolved. What, but, what, what um, would be liable to happen next? Can somebody go into that property then, do you think? Because it's a health hazard. You know what? I've never dealt with one this this extreme. You know, so I'm just waiting for them to get back to me to see what they what they're going to say. I presume that in 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 extreme situations like this, that they will be able to enter the property. It is private property, however, so we will have to kind of confirm that before I say anything on air. But look, hopefully, it will be resolved because that sounds like it's a very very serious threat to other people in the area. And again, you know, we won't say where it is, but no. like obviously, other people in the area are probably aware at this stage if it is that bad. Um, and it, you know it is quite an urgent situation very much so not just for the neighbours of course um, who are alarmed but also for the health of the misfortunate woman who was living in there so have you seen the videos then? Would you believe your your um, one of your researchers just sent them to me? But I was on to the HSE, so I didn't get a chance to actually look at them. But well, I hear that they're pretty. You well, know, be, pre- need, be uh, prepared for what stomach. you're. Yeah, be prepared for what you're going to see. That's all I can say. So, just recap again. You've who've you been on to? Just so that I have it recorded here. So I've I've been on to the environment unit in uh, Cork County Council. I've just left a message with them. I didn't get through to them, but I went straight on to the HSC environmental unit because I would have approached them before. You would you would be surprised. You no, know, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. It's not uncommon for situations like this to arise, but never quite as serious as 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 her being hospitalised. Uh, did you manage to talk to somebody at HSC environment? I did. Okay. I did. And why is it that County Council aren't answering the phone? I don't know. I think I was just unlucky. Uh, it may just have been the, the, the time that I rang. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that. Okay, okay. Okay, but you will You will endeavour to get somebody on the phone. Absolutely, and, you know. my yeah. God. Yeah, 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 okay. God. Have a look, have a look. I mean, yeah. I, my thoughts are, despite everything and despite what's been caused by this, I mean, obviously that, that poor woman is not really, you know, she, she obviously needs a lot of um, help and support. Correct. You know, in terms of psychiatric oh, 100%. care. 100%. So, you yeah. know, we, yeah. we have to be mindful of that and, and, and I think, you know, that, that that's come through. And I think for her, I hope that this will be kind of in a yeah. good 
place, you know. No, no, and yeah. I hope that this will be a change for the better for the woman involved um, because Absolutely, different, services, God, yeah. or different services can help her should she wish to take the help. Okay, well, do stay in touch, Susan. Thank you so much for taking the call and moving this one no, on. I appreciate it. Okay, take care for now. All the best. Councillor Susan McCarthy, uh, she's been on to the Environment Unit of Cork County Council. Well, has left a message. I'm assuming that they'll, you know, call her back or she'll stick with that one. She'll stick with that one. And has spoken with the HSE Environmental Unit. And when I have an update on it, thank you so much, Thomas, for bringing this to our attention because it's something that hopefully will get rectified and life will be better for all concerned, including the misfortunate woman who's been living in those circumstances. Anyway, I'll come back to it. I rent out a house. My neighbour is living in awful circumstances as well. It is also uh, an issue because we are concerned for his health. My tenants uh, left the property because of the rats. I got pest control before we got new tenants in and they told me the rats are eating through his doors and nothing can be done because he owns his own house. I find that bizarre. You know, you think that somebody could um, get involved in it if it's a a health hazard for everybody else living around, not to mention um, the person who's living in these awful, awful circumstances. Does anybody ever call and ask him, perhaps they have, is everything okay? The neighbor's living in awful circumstances and they're also concerned for his health. I wonder how many people are living in circumstances like that. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'll do this now, but I'm not quite sure how much time I'll be able to give it. I might come back after 11. Renato, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. Now, uh, you wanted to pick up on the delivery drivers. These would be those that are on mopeds uh, working for Deliveroo, is it? Yes, they they are working for uh, the uh, Deliveroo, Just Eat, and uh, Uber Eats. Okay, and do you work for Uber or Deliveroo or Just Eats? I work the uh, well. I have a man job, and I work a few hours uh, after that. Okay, probably work kind of nights or weekends and stuff like that. Is it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, oh. I'm trying to not work on weekends anymore, but uh, only uh, during the night. Okay, okay, and you. Um, what to warn people? Is it that there could be a lot of them on mopeds that are uninsured? Is it? Yes, without without insurance, food delivery insurance, and then is uh, the one one of the worst. They are they don't have the the driving license, so uh, they are riding. They don't follow the rules, the traffic rules. They don't have driving license. Uh, they don't have insurance. If something happened, for example, if you are driving your car and one of these guys hit you, they will run away. So you need to pay your insurance, well, claim your insurance. So you'll be claiming off your own insurance because some of them are uninsured, untaxed and have no driving license. Exactly. How do you know that? I don't know how they do it because what happened, they they come to study. uh, Most of them are students. So... They said to find a job that they are allowed to work 20 hours uh, during third period and the 40 hours in the summertime, something like this. They start to do deliveries. And then they can work more hours because nobody can check it. And instead, they do this illegally. That they, well, to be honest, they cannot do deliveries because we are self-employed. And for students, they cannot be self-employed. They start to doing these deliveries, and instead to do a, a motorbike or uh, sorry a bicycle, they purchase these mopeds or motorbikes, and doing the, doing these like crazy. Um, 
they're they're going to be stopped by the guards, though, aren't they? What happens when they're stopped by a guarda and they're checked but, for but, license and insurance? Look, to be honest for you, I'm doing this uh, more than two years. Uh, I rode around the court every single where. I do not see checkpoints checking this properly. And also, it's not only the moped and motorbikes. A lot of guys doing by cars. And they are learners without uh, uh, someone together. They just take the car and go do it. Well, who, do they use somebody else's car? Did I hear that, they, that there are some Irish people will set up the account for them and then the, you're talking about, are you saying they're Brazilian drivers, is it? No, it's like every single, uh, like people from everywhere. So an Irish person would set up an account for them and then rent out the the account to the drivers and charge them 50, maybe 60 euro a week. Yes. Yeah, what happened? For example... I, so, I therefore, to... Uber Eats or Just Eat or Deliveroo know nothing about this. Yes, for example, uh, uh, what happened? I try to explain to you. Um, you are Irish or any uh, EU nationalist, and you have your... Uh, by, you can have your own account. Yeah. So, you go to the... Ju- the, the, the courier, like just each Uber or uh, Deliveroo, and you open your account, and you rent it. For example, I'm a student. I'm not allowed to have my, uh, my Deliveroo account here. And you go to the, uh, the internet and say, look, I have Deliveroo account to rent 50 euros a week. So I rent your account, and I'm doing the, the, the job, let's say like that. And... The person that rents it pays the Irish person 50 or 60 euro a week, gets up on a, a moped, a motorbike or whatever, um, yes. without any tax or without any insurance and no license. Exactly. What's happened? The, the, the guys... Uh, okay, I, I'll tell you, I'll pick up on the rest of the conversation. We'll finish the conversation after 11. My apologies. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay, James Blunt tickets for the Glen Eagle at the INEC to give away and that gig is uh, tomorrow week uh, as well as that I have uh, double passes for Riverdance tomorrow night uh, tiered seating uh, Riverdance tickets to give away for the fund for the um, uh, Live of the Marquee so I'll do that uh, in about 10 or 15 minutes time here's what I'm going to do with these tickets I'll, I'll toodle on back down uh, to uh, the uh, box office and leave the tickets at the box office below at the marquee if you win the tickets on the program today and then you can pick the tickets up yourself tomorrow evening just bring some ID with you so all that's happening between now and midday Riverdance tickets I might do some more tomorrow as well depending on time but I have lots of other um, tickets to give away for Live with the Marquee over the coming weeks also I will be giving away uh, Live with the Marquee tickets on my own Instagram page so if you're following me on Instagram well and good if not maybe you'd like to follow me on Instagram to win some tickets for various marquee gigs and a little Later this afternoon, I'll give away some Riverdance tickets on my Instagram page as well. There's lots of other great stuff happening. I love all of the gigs back. I loved Simply Red last night. It was a fabulous gig. The crowd were in great form. It was just brilliant. Brilliant. Hit after hit after hit. But you know, Sea Church down in Ballycotton, that is a fabulous venue. It's the old church down there that is now turned into the most beautiful uh, auditorium where they can do all sorts of different gigs. There's a couple of really good tribute bands on down there apparently this weekend. One is an Eagles Fleetwood Mac tribute band and the other one is a Queen tribute band. Two top tribute bands down there over the bank holiday weekend. Check it out yourself. Just Google Sea Church online. You'll see the different gigs down there. It's also a great place to eat 
have a few pints. It's just a beautiful place down in beautiful Ballycotton. And we also have some more tickets to give away uh, for the charity fundraiser for Marymount uh, between now and quitting time. That match is at Turner's Cross at four o'clock this coming Sunday and is going to be a great family day out where you will have Red Devil Legends some players from uh, the uh, Manchester United football team taking on a Cork City selection on uh, Sunday afternoon. You can book tickets of 15 euro for adults, a fiver for uh, juveniles, and it'll be a great family day out at uh, Turner's Cross this Sunday, four o'clock kickoff. So you can get those tickets at Eventbrite, and all of the proceeds go to Marymount. So that's the housekeeping out of the way for now. Let me just finish my conversation with Renato because everybody should be aware of this, particularly motorists. You don't want to be hitting some of the uh, mopeds that are out there. You don't want them hitting you because Renato says they ain't got no insurance. So Renato, good morning again. Just finally, just to wrap up. Um, did you also hear, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. Did you. you also hear of somebody who ran away from the guards? Yeah, the, the, the accident and... Uh they hit the, the behind the car, and um, uh, when the the guy said, "Oh, we need to call," well, he hit and ran away because he knows he doesn't have drive license and he doesn't have insurance. He didn't and, run. He didn't run away. Leave the moped behind him. Is he got up on the moped and drove it off? Is it? Well, no. The, this is is uh, he hit the back and he was checking the phone and uh, the car stopped on the traffic. Instead, he paid attention on the traffic. He was checking on the phone to see the orders. And the car stopped and he hit the back. And he know that he damaged the car and he just ran away. Hell, man. Bloody hell. So people, you know, what, what's going to happen about all of this? The renting out of uh, uh, fake accounts and people driving without licenses, tax and insurance. Maybe the guardie should be doing more spot checks, do you think? I, I'm sure. They, they need to do more uh, checkpoints and uh, see because uh, I hear that people, they are... Well, it's not for free. I, I got the, the drive license here, the, the full drive, and it's quite expensive. But people, they are buying the drive license from Portugal or from Italy. Yeah. So, for example, if you are, you, if you are, uh, if you have the uh, it, uh, Italy citizenship, of course, you can go there and get your Italy t- uh, drive license. But if you are from another country, how you can get it? It's like something and people are... Yeah, no, this doesn't apply to the fellas up on push bikes or electric bikes, I know. And tell me, is there much money to be made? Can somebody make a living driving for Deliveroo, Uber Eats or Just Eat? It depends, Neil, how, uh, uh, how many hours you are working. Uh, now you see so many people, they, they prefer... Uh, for example, if you are working legally... You you get the minimum wage that I I'm not sure is at ten fifteen. Yes, I'm sure, more or less like that. And uh, if you are a student, you can work only twenty hours a week, and so of course you need to pay tax for it. And what they are doing, they are doing these deliveries. They work uh, ten twelve hours per day. So if they make seven uh, ten euros per hour, they you make like. I don't know, 120 euros per, per day, but they work 12 hours. If they have a legal job, they can work 20 hours a week. On top of that, yeah. Yeah. So if you work, if, if you're out doing Deliveroo um, seven or eight, ten hours a day, you could make, uh, and you do that five days a week, you could make 500 euro then, yeah? Kind of, yeah. Okay. But you need to pay tax. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, but the faster they work, the more they, they earn. 
kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why they're not stopping at traffic lights or kind of a menace. Yeah, you see that the bicycle, I got so pissed off with this because uh, you see they break in the traffic lights, they don't stop, they, they ride in the bicycle on the, the footpath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't pay attention. I think so, it's the, the bicycle, when you are on the road, you are the same like a, a, a motorbike or a car, you need to follow the rules. And what do you use for deliveries? Is it a push bike, a moped, a car? No, I have a motorbike. Okay. And do you stop at the traffic lights and obey all of the rules of the road? Oh, I follow every single rule because uh, I, I left my country to stay here to get a, a better life. And I, I, I made my family here. And I think so. the, full, uh, the rules should be followed. Yes. If okay. the red light, stop on the red light. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting. If the pedestrian crossing, wait. But I, when you go to the city, if you park the, around to the on the the Patrick Street, you can see so many people doing the wrong things. Yeah, I see a lot of driver, a lot of uh, delivery Uber Eats and Just Eat drivers just waiting around for the next call. They they stand around together in groups, don't they? Yes, exactly. They keep there, and. Um, it's crazy, and uh, they don't follow the rules. This that pisses me off. If it, first they they are driving without like they are right. I know, and we, I know. I'm, I'm going to move on. But do you ever say to them to um, cop yourselves on and uh, follow the rules? Yes, exactly. Do you ever say? Do you ever say it to them? Oh, so many times. Because to be honest, I stop to talk with the people because. I don't want to be a teacher or a, a, a parent to say, look, you need to stop. They are adults. They know the rules. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. All right, my man, drive safely. Thanks for taking the call. Stay in touch, Renato. I need to plow ahead, actually, because of a lot of other things to do between now and midday. But I just want to make people aware of the situation with uh, those that are delivering food. They could be in a situation where they're not taxed or insured. You wouldn't want to be having a tip with them. Meanwhile, can I go to James, I think? Uh, who's uh, No, it's, uh, let me just get work out where I'm at here. Is this Lewis? No, okay, I'll get to him. Yes, in a yeah, Lewis. No, I'm sorry, I've already committed to Lewis. Okay, Lewis, are you at Dublin Airport? Uh, I'm on the bus going home from Dublin Airport. Okay, so where are you supposed to go? We're supposed to go to Madrid with my friends. Okay, with Ryanair, is it? With Ryanair, yes. What and happened? What happened? I found out that it was cancelled. I got there two hours before the flight, as I was supposed to do. And I found out that it was cancelled. It took off without me and, and my friends because we were queuing outside for ages on the outside of Dublin. Uh, so, how long this morning was your queuing time? Four hours. Four. Mm-hmm. And two of that was outside the terminal, was it? Yes. And you got into the airport, got through the queuing. Is it very busy at Dublin Airport? Very busy in Dublin Airport. It's ridiculous. They're making all sorts of promises to improve it. Have you seen any improvements? No, I have not, to be honest, near Ritter. And I think they need to do more. Oh, listen, this is Thursday. Can you imagine what it's going to be like tomorrow? going to be ridiculous. I mean, secondary school kids got, are finished like today and their parents will be going on holidays with their kids tomorrow and it's going to be jammers. I mean, it's either 
like saying, no, kids, we're not going on holidays abroad this year. They're saying two and a half hours, come two and a half hours before a short haul, come three and a half hours before a long haul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, and they're cancelling their flights and they're taking off without... The people are taken off of that. Yeah, okay. So in, in so you queued you queued for four hours, right? Got through the queue, got through did you go through security and everything? Uh, I did and I found that it was cancelled. Were they very yeah. annoyed and angry passengers like you for four hours to find that when you got yeah. to the gate it was cancelled? There was because I, I spent over four four hundred euro for accommodation for a hotel and that's gone. Why did they, they cancel? Yeah. They, it's not a great phone. Line. Why did they cancel the flight? Because they, because pe- people are queuing for hours outside the airport, and people are trying to get in, and then people are trying to get back in, and they and people are all over the place, freaking out and. Sounds, sounds like mayhem. But why did Brian Air cancel the flight to Madrid? It took off and all without people. Ah, so it wasn't cancelled. The flight went without passengers because they couldn't get to the gate on time. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. God almighty, that's inc- that, there's going to be loads of that then, isn't there? Yeah, it's this weekend and it's going to be ridiculous. So you've lost your flight because I mean, like, the plane took off. Your accommodation is gone because you won't be getting off on the other side. What are you going to do? I'm going to write a complaint into the DAA and I'm going to contact the transport minister, email him and Good. say it's not on for the bank holiday weekend because it's going to be ridiculous this weekend. Did you miss I mean, the like, flight you, by you, much? I missed it by one hour because of the cures. You must have been distracted in that queue for four hours, were you? It's ridiculous being in that queue because I, I have autism and it's ridiculous. You, what did you say? You have what? Autism. So you would find that situation to be in for four hours very difficult for your condition? Yes, I would. I know. And, and were there many families there also who missed that flight because of the queuing with children and what have you? There, there was... And people, and people were very annoyed with it. And they were very annoyed with security because there was barely any securities. There were five gates opened and that was it. And there were four securities. And, on, lo- and like, thousands, and would you say there were thousands and thousands trying to get through the airport? Yes. Insane. I'm so sorry that you lost your holiday. That's very, very annoying. I know it is. What are you going to do next besides write a letter of uh, of complaint? Are you going to try and get back out to your holidays or what? I'm going to leave it. I'm, I'm going to probably book a flight in Cork or Knock or Shannon. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm guaranteed a flight. I don't care if I have to travel three hours to Cork, yeah. I'll do it. I wonder if other people are going to do that. You'll have no problem going out of Cork Airport, Lewis. So sorry that happened to you. But listen, thanks for sharing the story. Let the people know that it's going to be problematic across the weekend in Dublin Airport. Thanks for that.
You're welcome, Neil. Bye. Take care. Take care, Lewis. Cheers. Thank you. Um, I don't know. All the promises that are made, will they make any difference in the wide earthly world, particularly the bank holiday weekend? Because this is a Thursday morning. Uh, meanwhile, James, good morning. Morning, Niall. What did you want to pick up on? Uh, the, the e-scooters and the mopeds, yes, is it? Yes, well, but Just first of all, I don't see any point in writing to the Minister for Transport because I don't know if he's on foot or on horseback. <laughs> and he doesn't know whether he's on foot or on horseback. He's, he's in a different world. Yeah, I mean, you're, but, you're, I mean, this this chaos at Dublin Airport is just—it's insane. It's just insane. Well, see, I think as well what it has caused now—it has caused panic because people are panicking now. Well, if you and, if you and, heard that conversation now with Lewis, there is I no did, way. Yeah. yeah, there's no way that you'd say, "Oh, shall it be grand? I'll arrive as I'm told two and a half hours before a short haul." You will not. You'll be there four or five no, hours before. No, and that's causing total confusion and mayhem and stress which is always high at airports anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just chaos. Yeah. It's just chaos. Yeah. Like, you know. But anyway, no, just on the, on, I was walking along Patrick Street last Wednesday, I think it was, and I just got whished by a, a delivery where it just eat. I don't know which meals and wheels it was. And there was a, a bicycle lane, a, a, a bicycle lane there. So they don't even use that. But they're not insured because the rule of uh, law, I think, in uh, regards to accidents with those people is the bigger vehicle takes the blame or yes, the heavier vehicle takes the blame. That's the way of it, yeah. Un- unless unless you can blatantly prove, it'd be difficult to prove, unless you can blatantly... How do you prove it? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I think also Eamon Ryan, and I'm not, I'm not, I just have to highlight him because he highlights himself, he, he more or less turned a blind eye to the, when insurance was brought up in the doll about those vehicles because, it, of course, it's towards the environment. His, his game is towards the environment, so he just wants to get... It's like what Keegan said in Dublin. We have to aggressively stop cars from coming into nah, the city. Yeah, I think, Eamon Ryan, I think that reference was to e-scooters, though, and the law of e-scooters. They won't need a licence. They won't need they're insurance. All the same. They're all the same. A moped, right, though, the mopeds... Look, I'm just wondering, you know, even with the bicycles or the electric bikes, mm. are people being hit? Are pedestrians being crashed into by these fellas? Well, it's a miracle if they're not. They have to be. He he went on Patrick Street and the, the street was quite busy and he was weaving in and out a, quite a big lad on one of the heavier bikes absolutely he must have been doing 20 kilometres yeah I know I mean yeah. it was just a chance if a child walked out he'd have flattened them I wonder are people being hit or are there are a lot of near misses a fella cut across me the other day inside in town I was going up uh, the South Mile turning right onto the Grand Parade and all of a sudden out of nowhere comes this bullet of a bike big electric yeah. bike just like a rocket right across me in traffic and they don't do green lights, they only do red lights. They go through red lights. They don't go through green lights. It yeah. seems like they wait. They just wait. Like, not even cautiously, they just fly through. Yeah, okay, so... Like so yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in the case of those who are on, say, mopeds, who are not insured or taxed, be very aware if you're a motorist, because if anything happens, it, you'll be caught with the bill. And if they run away, how you can't you can't even do a thing about it. But like I mean, even if you do get them, there's nothing I think can be done with them. There's nothing. They've no identification, for instance, on the bike, on the vehicle, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So how do you how do you control it? Yeah. Be you warned. Know? Be warned. Beware. Just okay. watch out for them. Look left. Look, look right. And look left again. I agree with you. you Thanks, James. Chance. Take care. Take Cheers, care. my man. Bye. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight. 104 106. Yes, indeed. Cork's Red FM. Busy morning. Lines are open 0818 104 106. I've got two sets of tickets for tomorrow night's gig at uh, Live at the Marquee for Riverdance. So get dialing on those. We'll take your names and addresses. I will leave the tickets at the box office. And then tomorrow.
tomorrow evening. It's an eight o'clock gig. You can pick the tickets up at the box office. So get dialing for those. 0818104106. I just want to move along um, and use my time wisely because Dan McCabe will come into studio and play us out uh, this morning. A fantastic uh, artist uh, who's been doing sellout gigs right across the island of Ireland. And he's part of the Cork's Big Top Rockin' uh, this weekend on Sunday. Of course, we have a um, uh, couple of gigs happening across Saturday and Sunday. It's in Finbar's GA. Aslan play on the Saturday. Dan McCabe plays on the Sunday. He's going to play us out this morning. But I was telling you earlier on this morning about the inquest into the deaths of four Coast Guard crew members of Rescue 116. Uh, the final evidence has been heard now of the final moments of the stricken helicopter crashed into the island and ditched in the sea. Um, and the jury has retired to consider their verdict after all of the evidence above in Belmullet, uh, County Mayo. This terrible tragedy happened in the early hours of March 14th, 2017. Uh, and I remember it like if it, was, if it was only last week. Everybody was talking about it. A uh, book's been written on it. I read the book earlier in the week. It's called uh, The True Story of Irish Air Sea Rescues. There's a lot of stories in the book, but the loss of R116 is very much front and centre of it. The book is called Search and Rescue. And Lorna Siggins, ex Irish Times wrote it and she joins me. She joins me by phone. Lorna, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm well. Sorry, I'm in a slightly noisy place here. Don't, don't worry about that. And if you have to go, I'll understand the reasons why. So don't worry about that. Can can we just revisit this tragic, tragic um accident that happened, of course? There was um there was a, a fishing boat about 140 nautical miles off the west coast, and one of the crew members lost a finger, wasn't it? Emergency services were called, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and um, as you've been hearing from the inquest, um, the Coast Guard radio officer was describing the details of that call-out and the fact that the crewman had actually severed his thumb so he thought it really did deserve a medical evacuation and he said that he would have done the same thing again um, if you know if it happened yesterday because he felt that your man's life could have been in danger yeah that, that was very much questioned this week though as to whether it was warranted to send uh, choppers out there particularly by a doctor wasn't that the case that's right, yes. Um, um, the Cork University Hospital Registrar, um, Dr. Mayang, again, sorry, I can't pronounce her name very Guyan, well. Diane, I she, think. Guyan, yeah. yeah. She, um, she said that um, she didn't think it warranted that, that the thumb couldn't have been reattached anyway because he had lost the top of his thumb, yes. um, which was retrieved from his glove, and that the vessel was very far out. And um, the Air Accident Investigation Unit report had, had said that the the incident was framed for the doctor in a way that, you know, yeah. the, the helicopter had already been tasked when the medical advice was then sought. Yeah. So yeah. she was put in a very difficult position. She was. But just explain, because R118 was the first helicopter to go to the aid of the vessel and then R116 went as a backup, is it? That's right. Um, it went up um, as a backup, a top cover, um, which would involve communication and assessing the scene for the main helicopter conducting the evacuation. And um, the Air Corps had been requested. Um, a British fixed wing had been sought, but neither were available. And so the decision was then taken um, to send um, an ever available Irish Coast Guard helicopter yeah. was there, and that was sent from Dublin. And that was R116 with Captain Dara Fitzpatrick, Captain Mark Duffy, crew Paul Ormsby and Kieran Smith. But conditions off the west were shocking. Fog was shocking. Wasn't that the case? 
Well, they had got um, initial uh, weather forecasts. Ironically, they were on their way to Sligo to refuel. And then um, Dara Fitzpatrick did her calculations and realized she could save half an hour's flying time and £700 of fuel if they went to Black Sod. And um, they were all the time, um, you know, checking on getting weather reports. And um, uh, they got... um, they got one initially when they were taken off. They got um, another from Black Sod saying that the weather was good. But there was one transmitted via the Sligo helicopter. They didn't hear it live, but it was recorded for them. And in that, it talked about some low cloud coming in, but that otherwise it was fine. Now, the bit about the low cloud coming in from the north, they didn't hear that. Um, and then Vincent Sweeney, the Black Sod lightkeeper, told the inquest this week that, you know, the fog came down really very thick and you couldn't see in front, you know, in front of your yeah, hand, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, reading so, the book as well, there were, there were all sorts of small issues that would amount to a very big problem in the event of emergency. And that included shocking lighting conditions on board the helicopter. They couldn't see what they were reading. Yeah, that's right. I mean, again, the Air Accident Investigation Unit report went into this into a lot of detail, you know, and it spoke to air crews um, who talked about that they would often bring their own sort of torches or, torches. you know, lights to um, because the, 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 the interior lighting was so poor. Um, and we already know, obviously, about the um, glitches um, in the electronic maps, you know, um, that, that, that came out very early on. Uh, there were a number of primetime reports about Did that. Did the maps That's show electronically that, the, that Blackrock Island didn't exist, is it? Well, depending on which map you were looking at, God and there was one particular that that so showed just a sort of a, a, a clear sea area, um, and um, there was um, there was some confidential information given to the investigators, which came before the review board because the final report went to a review, and uh, in that testimony, a pilot talked about flying down from Sligo on a training run one day, and the winch operator in the back was remarking on. Um, Black Rock Island, which is west of Black Sod, and he said, you know, someday somebody's going to run into that island because it's enormous. God and the pilot himself talked about how difficult it c- could sometimes be to make out um, obstacles um, depending on how they were marked on, on the maps. And in other words, you'd have to be flying in and out very regularly. Um, and again, that came up in the final report um, that, you know, um, training was an issue, that you need to be flying in and out of these different um, areas very, very regularly. regularly. And, and Dara hadn't been flying there in that area in 15 years. There is part of the book that's so, so powerful where you actually transcribe the last, is it 10 or 15 minutes of the black box recorder. That's tragic to read. Yes, and again, this this was published in the preliminary report, which came out um, a month after the crash. But I think even now, um, I mean, you know, even looking back at the 350-page report that came out last November, even when you know the outcome, it's still very shocking to read it all. It and is. see the very many occasions when things could have been different. Can I, just read, can I just read some just few powerful words that was said from one of the winchmen? He said... I'm looking at an island directly ahead of us now, guys. You want to come right, come right, come right, come right. And the last recorded words were Mark Duffy saying, we're gone. Yeah. God Almighty, it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Kieran Smith who was looking at his um, flare um, in the back of the aircraft. And 
Um, he had already referred a bit earlier on when he was talking to, to the crew about, you know, obstacles because he had been, you know, um, looking at the area. But um, there had been a conversation on their way over where three of them had talked about how long it had been since they'd been into Black Sod to refuel. Paul Ormsby had actually been there a few days before um, on a previous top cover run. Um, but apart from Paul, the others hadn't been there in, in a good while. But, um, and can I ask but weather you... Was, weather was the big thing. It was know, the, the big night. thing. They were flying very much blind in more ways than one. Can I ask you, did R116 actually hit Black Rock Island or did it ditch into the sea trying to um, manoeuvre around it? No, it did clip it um, because um, the investigators went out to um, Black Rock Island and they they um, retrieved debris as well and um, yeah, it, 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 it clipped it and then it, it sort of somersaulted over and went down into the sea then at the other side of the island and it's it's a sort of a sheer cone type of a rock just with a lighthouse on it, 282 foot above sea level and they were coming in at that point at 200 feet. There are aspects of the book that touch on the last moments of the crew, one in particular, Dara herself. Um, did she make an horrific, uh, an heroic effort to try and swim to the surface and, and to stay alive, Lorna? She, she did, yeah. She got out of the aircraft. She had done her dunker training, which they all have to do, where, you know, they simulate what it's like to be in a, in a helicopter that has had to ditch at sea because, you know, that's very much part of their training. And she had done that um, pretty recently. You know, they all have to update it. Yeah, she managed to get out. She managed to swim right all the way up to the sea surface. God um, But um, it, it was just a really Herculean effort. And then... Um, Ironically, another another aspect of the report, which I think maybe people have, you know, forgotten a bit about, that personal locator beacons, which would give a position for somebody if they were in trouble at sea, the personal locator beacons worn by the two pilots were incorrectly fitted in their life jackets. Not their fault. It was a conflict in the manufacturer's instructions, oh and that came out in the preliminary report. So if she and Mark Duffy had been alive or conscious... Um, they wouldn't, there would have been no way of picking them up because when the Sligo helicopter came back in from the medical evacuation and when the Shannon helicopter came up to try and help in the search, the crews were looking for signals from the personal location. They were, of course. Yeah. And there, there were none from any of the four crew. And as we know, the two winch crew, Paul Ormsby and Kieran Smith, are still missing. They're still missing. Listen, thank you so much for stepping out, for chatting. The book is all of that and a lot more because there are many, many case histories in the book of the wonderful work done by the Irish Coast Guard, the wonderful work done by the Navy and all of those, the RNLI and everybody. You really did go into an awful lot of detail of search and rescue in Ireland over many years. Isn't it true? Yeah, I went right back to the um, early days of the Air Corps and we were relying for a long time on the RAF and the British Navy and yeah. then the campaign run by Joan McGinley, Joan O'Doherty and Donegal to get what we now have, which is four helicopter bases and a very extensive RNLI lifeboat station network and many great rescues by your lifeboat stations down on the lovely Cork coastline. And even yesterday off the west where Valencia went to sea. Listen, it's a super book. I highly recommend it. It's called Search and Rescue by Lorna Siggins and of course we have the inquest verdict that we're awaiting on now. Are you covering that I wonder Lorna? Uh, I'm not actually no um, Neil but I'm sure you'll probably hear that 
you know, very shortly. Gotcha, gotcha. Thanks for taking the call. Much obliged to you. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks, Cheers. All the best. Thanks. Lorna Higgins. Bye. The book is called Search and Rescue. Uh, it's very, very worth, worth reading picking up and reading um, the tragic story of course, unfortunately of R116 um, After the break, a great treat for you live in studio to play us out, uh, Dan McCabe after these. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818 104 106 Chapel here in old Gloomain home, Jane. I think about these last few weeks. Oh, we'll only say we fail from our school days. They have told us we must earn for liberty. Yet all I want. In this dark place is to have you here with me Oh Grace, just hold me in your arms And let this moment linger They'll take me out at dawn And I will die With all my love, I'll place this wedding ring upon your finger. There won't be time to share our love, for we must say goodbye. Now I know it's hard for you, my love, to ever understand. The love I bear for these brave men My love for the steel land Baldwin Podrick called me to his side Down in the GPO I had to leave my own sick bed To him I had to go Oh, Grace, just hold me in your arms and let this moment linger. Cause they'll take me out at dawn and I will die. With all my love, I'll place this wedding ring upon your finger. There won't be time to share our love, for we must say goodbye. Now as the dawn is breaking, my heart is breaking too. On this May morn, as I walk out, my thoughts will be of you. So I'll write some words upon the wall So everyone will know I've loved so much All I could see was blown upon the road 
Oh, Grace, just hold me in your arms and let this moment linger. They'll take me out at dawn and I will die. With all my love, I'll place this wedding ring upon your finger. There won't be time to share our love, for we must say goodbye. Well, there won't be time to share our love, for we must say goodbye. Dan McCabe, that's incredible. That's goosebumps stuff just sitting here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate that. My God, you, you you know something? You just strip it all back to the song <laughs> and to the Irishness of it all, don't you? Well, that's the, that's the idea. Keep the authenticity, I suppose, and um, try and really immerse yourself into the song. God almighty. Yeah. I was watching YouTube videos of you yesterday. You do it song after song after song. It's an incredible talent. Where did you get a voice like that? I, su- I suppose it's in the family. Um, my father was a musician. He's, a, he's an Irish folk musician and his father was an Irish folk musician and his father was a musician. It's in the DNA, well. Pat. It's in the DNA and I have a little girl now who's, who's singing and singing and playing her guitar so it's it's carrying on generations and long may it carry you're a bit like Christy because Christy was working in the bank then there was a bank strike and he went off and started to make a living doing music you you had a healthcare background did you? I did yeah I worked I worked as a, a healthcare worker at the start of the pandemic um, just a, an opportunity came up from a neighbour and I said I said sure why not do you know yeah. and um, it was very interesting I, I, I met I met some of the nicest people um, the, the staff are so incredible in these places the work that they do is yeah. just it's, 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 it's immense yeah. and um, just the, the, the patients there themselves you know you get chatting to them and some lovely some lovely stories God that we hear. got through it it was amazing that we did but we did yeah. get through it two yeah. and a half years later on for sure yeah. and now you're selling out the length and breadth of the country uh, including Cork and you're back on side at the weekend I mean um, you must pinch yourself that you've achieved so much in such a short spell it really, it really is a pinch yourself moment um, for me it's it's very surreal to be doing the likes of what I'm doing now. It all kind of started... Um, uh, uh, late, late show, playing for the president, yeah, the INEC, Cork yeah, Cork Opera. This, this, this is where it's gone to, but um, I suppose it all started with a, with just a, a dream as a young boy, you know, looking looking at my dad and and um, wanting to uh, wanting to progress through, the, through music. Great but, um, tribute to your dad, to be looking <laughs> up to him to just be like him. No, nah, that's it. Uh, um, and um, yeah, just during the lockdown, coming home from, from working in the hospital, um, I just had to do something to escape Go away. the just the toughness of the day, you know. Yeah, it was pretty pretty grueling work. Yeah, but um, when I'd get home, I'd um, I'd set up my recording equipment and just for the sheer pleasure and escape, I would record a few songs and throw them up online, and just the response was phenomenal. I can imagine. Yeah, like, I saw it, some of the comments from the different videos yeah, I watched yesterday. It was, it was, it was incredible, was, a fantastic it, it, talent. It, it was amazing, and um, yeah, that kind of carried me through the lockdown, and uh, just a lot of nice messages from people just kind of alluding to the same thing that the, the music really helped them a lot which, it mean, did, which yeah. mean, it means so much to me you know yeah. like not, not, not only I got some enjoyment from it 
just a lot of people out there that kind of it, it got them through a hard time as well. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes it uh, all the more yeah. worthwhile to do. That's a great song, Grace. You know, I hope it's my wife was listening to this because she loves that song, the story of Joseph Mary Plunkett, nineteen sixteen. You know, yeah, um, is yeah. that close to your heart? Uh, very, very close. Our to journey, heart, and yeah, it took him out and shot him and sure. killed him. It's, it's, it's one of the most heartbreaking love songs there is. You know, and um, yeah, it's an incredibly powerful song. It surely is. It's a. It's one of my favorites. Um, like I said, I like to immerse myself. So when I'm kind of singing the song, I, I imagine. You know, close the eyes and imagine the kind of. I'd love to get another song out of you. Would it be overstepping the mark? I I, I reckon I reckon for you. <laughs> we'll get we'll get another song. Maybe well, listen, um, Carolina. Oh no, not Carolina. What was the one I was watching yesterday? The old Dolores Kane song. Ca- Caledonia. 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 Yeah, okay, yeah. requires a little bit of tuning, so you might you might bear with. Okay, me. so St Finbar's on St Finbar's GA Club at the weekend has two gigs. On the Saturday it's Aslan, and on the Sunday it's Dan McCabe. And tickets are available now at tickets.ie. And it's the big top rockin' this weekend uh, here on Lee Side. It's going to be a fantastic gig, and uh, you can follow Dan McCabe at danmccabe-music.com as well. Um, is Chris are you aware of your talent incidentally did you ever bump into him I've never bumped into him I was on fellow his fellow Kildare man I was, I was on his website and um, he has a kind of notice board or a, for, a forum where uh, he he chats to his, his audience and someone had left a comment about me and uh, he just he, he replied good man dad good man dad <laughs> <laughs> so that was the long and short of my and my, some compliment I had no doubt you'll bump into him sooner or later though hopefully so I'd love to All right. is, there much, is there much left in that tuning one second, bear with me now. I'll tell you what, I'll, play, I'll do another thing while you're doing that. I'll give away the other James Blunt tickets for the gig down in the INEC. 0818104106, last set of tickets. Um, see how we go with that. Is there any way they could get some way of automatically tuning those guys? It'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant. It's the, it's the, I should have asked you for a more straightforward it's song. It's the bane of my life, tuning guitars. We'll play the Angelus now. <laughs> Should be good. Oh, yeah. Dan McCabe, lads, Caledonia. All right. Well, I don't know if you can see the changes that have come over me these past few days. I've been afraid I might drift away I've been telling stories Singing songs That makes me think about where I'm from And maybe that's just why I seem So far away today Let me tell you that I love you That I think about you all the time Caledonia, you're calling me Now I'm going home And if I shall become a stranger Know that it'd make me more than some Caledonia's been everything I've ever had Now I have moved on and kept on moving I've proved the points I needed proving 
lost some friends I needed losing Found others on the way And I've kissed the girls I've left them crying Stolen dreams There's no denying I've travelled hard With a conscience flying Somewhere with the wind So let me tell you that I love you That I think about you all the time In Caledonia you call me Now I'm going home But if I shall become a stranger Know that it'd make me more than sun Caledonia's been everything I've ever had Now I'm sitting here before the fire Empty room, the forest choir The flames that could not go any higher Of where they're now, they're gone I'm steady thinking, my way is clear I know what I must do tomorrow When hands are shaped and the kisses flow I will disappear So let me tell you that I love you That I think about you all the time In Caledonia you called me Now I'm going home But if I shall become a stranger Know that it'd make me more than sun Caledonia's been everything I've ever had Caledonia, you called me Now I'm going home Man, in the words of Christy Moore, good man, Dan. Good man, Dan. Good man, Dan. <laughs> Thank you very much. Keep it lit, boy. Thank you very much. Thank Watch out much. for this guy. He's, guys, he's uh, going to go from strength to strength. Dan McCabe plays Sunday at Cork's Big Top Rockin', part of the big weekend at St. Finbar's GAA. Nice trip to Cork. I hope you enjoyed it in our fair city. Oh, it's, 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 the, it's the real capital... <laughs> In my eyes, anyways, you know, it's a it's a lovely county, and uh, no, it's a pleasure to be here, and really looking forward to Sunday. I want to say a big thanks to the organisers for having me, and um, yeah, if uh, if you'd like to come along, um, the tickets are on tickets.ie. We can't really guarantee that there'll be tickets on the door, so um, I'd say kind of get them as early get as you can. Get in and get early. Get yeah. in and get early, yeah. But I'm um, really looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be a real treat, you know. It's kind of kicking off festival season. Like I said, it's surreal for me to be doing this kind of stuff. So um, any support is very much appreciated. Well said, by well said, very humble of you. Thanks, Dan, for popping in and playing. Appreciate it big time. That's Thank Dan you. McKay playing Cork at the weekend. Our lines will stay open on 0818104106. You can text 0868104106. All of our tickets are gone for now. We'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. 
Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.